Welcome, dirty peasants, to Wartwood Gazette, the Amphibia podcast. This is episode 56, and we are covering Amphibia Season 3, Episode 18, The Hardest Thing, the finale. <laughs> I'm your host, Thematicon, and join me today, we have Nick. Hey, guys. Pickle. Hey. Sunsfury. Hello. Princess Cthulhu. What is up, everyone? And Pixels. Okay, we are now recording. We have just watched uh, The Hardest Thing about two hours ago. And uh, whoever's in the chat right now, I'll cue you in. You you guys have have up to three minutes just to vent or let gush about the hardest thing uh first up we have pixels whenever you're ready you can share your thoughts okay um the hardest thing has to be probably one of the best finales i've seen in all animation the the pacing of everything was pretty really well done um uh just but I like to talk about the ending, the time skip. The time skip was probably one of the best time skips I've ever seen. Because everything was just... Everything just put tears in my eyes. And, uh... I don't know. It's just like, everything. Like, everyone grew up 10 years older. Hop-Hop is 78. Polly is 20 and like or close to 20 just everything is just I'm s- this show is probably one of my favorite uh shows of all time now from this going back to season uh one like episode one and going back to this now this is probably one of the best shows ever amphibia has been like the underdog of animation as it was like airing the early episodes of season one but as the families got bigger and bigger it just became more popular and matt probably if you're hearing this from the bottom of my heart thank you thank you so much for this masterpiece of a show thank you pickle up next we have lemur whenever you're ready um the hardest thing is in my in um one of the most cathartically cathartic and emotionally heavy episodes that i've seen in a long time it's it's definitely not perfect because i feel like the first half is a little too fast paced my liking but every but every everything else is absolutely perfect um the stakes have never been hi- first have have the stakes, the action, and the emotion. Uh, the sec it's very animation in particular in the first half was ridiculously ama- ridiculously good. Um, but that second half of the episode is just peak amphibia. It's the greatest twenty. 20- 
it's like it's the greatest half. It's the greatest second half of the, of the show that I've ever seen. The emotions are high, and like the 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 end game, uh, the conclusions to all of the character arcs have finally been realized. Andreas, in particular, was amazing in this episode, and yeah, well, uh, uh, mirroring what Pixel says, uh, that ending definitely again, it's it's so vindicating, yet so bittersweet. Seeing the planters, family, the planter family, actually being separated, never seeing each other again, and yet moving on with their own with their own duties and stuff. It's it's perfect. The girls going their separate ways, finding their own friends, finding their own lives, and going back together to reunite after ten years. <laughs> it's perfect. Like. It's it's all I gotta say is that the hardest thing is the perfect finale, the perfect finale to a wonderful show, and I just want to say thank you to and to the Amphibia crew and especially Matt Brawley for bringing in such a delightful, wonderful show. Uh, yeah, the hardest thing is. It's the perfect. It's the perfect ending. Thank you, Lemur. Up next, we have Nick. Whenever you're ready. I mean, honestly, I I, I don't have too much to say right now because I'm like still collecting all my thoughts. But like, damn. I mean, I, I yeah, I'm I'm just really happy with just how well this finale went because I know like. With lots of shows, you can't always, like, you know, even we don't always have that pleasure of things just ending so damn well, making this entire journey feel so worth it. But it's amazing that we have it here. And just, it, it was done in such a perfect but painful way. And, like, I, I'm still taking it all in. It just, like, I love the choices they made for this episode and I will always respect that. But damn, this this is one of the hardest finales I ever had to swallow down and just accept. Like, it, it just hurts. Like, it hurts and I love it. And Yeah, I, I just don't know what to say. <laughs> like, it's, it's the perfect way this show could have ever ended. I'm just satisfied with that. Like, I don't think I can ask for anything else from this episode, really. It did exactly everything it needed to do. That's all I got. Thank you, Nick. Up next, we have Impact. Whenever you're ready. So, the hardest thing was great, because I think it's very different from the rest of the other finales we've had in Amphibia. The first half is still very much action-packed and crazy. I love that we got to see the three girls finally have their calamity powers again. That scene was just super fun. And somehow, when they get full power, they have different clothes. Very anime. <laughs> so, in completely different designs. So that was fun. Um, that whole sequence is just great. You can tell the, the crew is just having a blast with it. Because 
you know, the girls haven't really, besides Anne, haven't really been able to use their calamity powers at all. It's a very short amount of time, which I like because it makes it so then now um, Anne still having her powers feels very special to her, even if Sasha and Marcy got their shot. Um, the whole attack in the moon thing was great. The core didn't, you know, wasn't really much of a thing. But the one thing I will say, I love Andreas's scene um, where he... Um, we mimics what Anne said to Sasha, like something I should have done a long time ago. Standing up to you, I love that. That was great. That whole scene was so cathartic, and already kind of shows um, the parallels that Andreas and the core had with Sasha, and um, with Anne and Sasha, right? So that was great. The time skip, yes, just yes, it was great too. Um, this episode was just a lot slower near the second half, and I really like that. If maybe it doesn't do that too much, where it just kind of chills out, lets you feel everything. And I love that we got a finale for that. Every finale in Amphibia kind of just tosses a bunch of things at you, maybe gives you a little bit of time. But yeah, this episode was great. I really, really enjoyed it. So yeah, I love the hardest thing. It definitely felt like um, it felt very emotional to me. It's the first time I think I've really. Um, not the first time, but I definitely, like, I shed a tear during this. Amphibia means a lot to me. That's it. Thank you, Impact. Uh, up next, we have Pickle, whenever you're ready. Uh, okay. Still haven't processed it fully. I do have to say... Anne's what like Anne literally just died like she's been cloned and has an exact copy of herself. But they they did pretty clearly say she's dead. I feel like it's always so weird when that sort of thing happens. Like in my brain to try to comprehend how someone can be dead like permanently dead like they're just gone. But since there's an exact copy of them to the everyone else and like the rest of the world they're not dead. But Anne is like dead dead. And sorry that's kind of like a weird ass ramble, but I had to get out of my system. Uh, I don't know. Sort of a small thing, but I'm glad they confirmed Sasha was bisexual. It was just, you know, she gave me those kind of vibes, and I think it's cool. It's canon, even if it's not super relevant to anything. Like, it was never, like, a part of the plot or anything. And, uh... Oh, I'm gonna send in the chat, but the, like, Mindscape thing? They literally just, in Anne's room, there's literally just a picture of it hanging on her wall. If you guys can see that, which it's it's pretty funny. And hmm, what else? Oh, okay, yeah. I like that they had Anne, Sasha, and Marcy move on from each other to an extent. Like this show is all about change, and everyone knows that in a realistic world, most people. I mean, they may or may not stay in touch with their childhood best friends, but most people don't continue to be best friends with only those people for the rest of their lives. And I'm glad that they had them be like, oh yeah, we, we kind of were in different circles, but they still like clearly loved each other. Super happy to see each other. And thank God they had Marcy move. I was, I was really, really hoping and praying that they'd have that be the closure to her arc. And I think that's about everything I have to say. All right. Thank you, Pickle. Up next, we have Sticks. Whenever you're ready. Oh, I'm not ready, but I'm still gonna do this. Oh my god. 
Uh, there is so much I want to say in so little time. I'm just so thankful that I got the chance to see this show as it aired in real time. I'm so thankful to Matt and the crew and everyone else that made this show possible. Um, I absolutely adore that Anne ended up becoming a herpetologist or a scientist that studies uh, lizards and amphibians. It just completely comes full circle like from back when she was like pre-amphibia, disgusted by frogs, and now she's made a career out of them, her career based on them. Um, and Sasha becoming a like a child psychiatrist, a counselor, that, that's just so good too. I, I, I really like this ending. I like how there is, there, there are so many like spaces left up to the imagination to fill because I really think that um, everyone, the fandom, um, is really going to have a lot of fun thinking about those moments. And I just, I just want to say that um, it's not perfect ending because there, there are no perfect endings uh, in general. But I think this is the closest thing to it. The hardest thing is just something that will never leave my mind ever. Thank you, Sticks. And I guess that just leaves me for tonight. And uh, let me get my timer up. Okay, so the hardest thing was just like a spectacular finale. And yeah, that, that, that first half with how quickly... I, I, I think it was the first 12 minutes they kind of wrapped up everything involving the core everything with the moon and I, I i i would understand if you wanted more of that i get it i just think what we got after that was just like completely justified what they chose what they chose to prioritize and like the prophecy stuff has always been like in the background and then like once in a while it like comes to the surface and then it goes back down and then for a couple episodes comes comes back up again so it kind of felt right for it to like come back up address everything and then kind of everything involving the core kind of just like is resolved to focus on Anne and Yeah, so she 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 met like the stones has a deity. That's that's interesting and uh offers Anne the chance to become a god, I guess, after showing her like crumble to dust. And that was insane before the first like commercial break. Um Yeah, all the stuff with Sprig and and that was hard to watch, but and then those goodbyes. I love, I love how Marcy points out that she didn't really get to know like Olivia, Olivia and Yunnan, which was like, I think kind of like, is an important part of what happened to her and Amphibia and 
what she went through and like Sasha didn't see Percy in, in Braddock and they didn't they didn't get to meet again. I think that makes that part of their stories, their like inability to connect with those people like plays a big role and and then we got like the planner goodbye and that was hard to watch and but it had to happen like like ever since 2019 it's like you you prepare you prepare for this and then and then it happens and it's still like it still feels kind of surprising and Yeah, and just everything with that that flashback, not flashback, the flash forward and seeing grown up Polly, like all that stuff, especially recreating like the very first scene with like with Wally. It's all it's all great stuff. And I guess my final thought is maybe maybe Sprig's red bandana is the one he got from Ty Feud. I don't know. Anything's possible. And yeah, those are those are my thoughts. And I guess at the time of recording, like if you're listening to this, I'll cut immediately back to the our, our episode discussion. And see you guys then. We're just going to get right into the episode. And well, I'm I'm splitting everything up by. I guess first hour we'll talk about the final act against the core. Second act will be the goodbyes. Third act, third third part will be the uh, epilogue. But just again to the episode, uh, the, the credits directed by Roxanne Cole and Joe Johnson, written by written by Todd McClintock and Adam Colas. And storyboards by Drew Applegate, Elysia Rocha, Silver Paul, and Alex Swanson. So uh, this episode starts off immediately after All In. Uh, I guess. So right while the credits are like, like right when the episode credits are happening, like the core immediately has launched itself into space onto the moon while like while our characters were like announcing an Andreas's defeat to the res- to the resistance and uh i guess distant like i guess the travel time for everything in amphibia including space has like shortened a lot which is just a minor nitpick but i just think it's interesting how like I guess does anyone want to? Um, I will say, just in general, the moon in Amphibia seems a lot smaller than our moon. Yeah, I think so. So it's like a lot smaller, and I guess like in a lot lower orbit. So maybe that's why. It is. It is like a very sudden. Um, just, oh, they're on the moon now. 
And I mean, I'm, I think I'm, like if you if you look at later, it looks like the planet's a lot smaller than our planet, and just in general, there's it, it seems like the the whole thing is a lot smaller than ours. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I, I just told myself like advanced. Like I, I was like, oh wow, that's fast. But then I just told myself like advanced, like Neutropian technology or something. I'm I'm kind of of the I'm I'm kind of like suspicious of maybe this originally being a 44 episode a 44 minute episode like um all in was uh just because this whole first bit did feel like it was paced a little oddly like 30 seconds in we get the core activating the moon like the first 30 seconds which is like yeah <laughs> yeah, the episode does not stop chill. No, I think, it, it, I think it would work best if we just watched All In the Hardest Thing back to back, like a full finale in itself. Yeah, I think th- I and I think if you see them one after another, it probably flows a lot better. Side it, note: it I think feels... if, you watch, if you watch it without ads, I bet it flows a lot better too. <laughs> yeah. it, it feels like a, it feels like a, like it's a Disney TV movie to me. Like the whole thing, just watch it together. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I that thing. yeah because I, I feel like i guess it wasn't like really a problem to me because like, i was just focused I, I feel like i was just so focused and gung-ho on the second half that like i i guess i wasn't too invested in how they i mean i always imagine the whole moon stuff would, would be something that like you know the hardest thing would quickly fix up which it you know, kind of did so i guess that's why like for me i, I thought the pacing was pretty fine yeah, I, I, I absolutely did not want them to spend more time on the moon stuff than they had to. Um, like, if they had to cut... If, if they had to cut time from a part of this episode, this was the part of the episode to cut it from. Yeah. Like, without a doubt. Yeah, probably, and... I guess I could say the same about whatever happens in the next act, like part of this act as well, but yeah, the core meant not the core. Andreas mentions like that this is pretty much like a fail safe. The moon was like the core is like basically its lab to do whatever experiments it wanted. And now it's We we get that really nice explanation with uh how do I describe this? Like the flow between Andrews explaining the core, what the core is doing, Marcy explaining its motivations for doing it, and then Sasha kind of just re- recaps it for us in like the simplest way. Yeah, no, I thought that was totally awesome because that's yeah, totally it was, how I it was that really interesting to see this dynamic with just everyone. Yeah, and oh, it's really nice to see like the fact that Marcy just gets it, that, and yeah. It all flows well within, like, character to character. I like it. Yeah, no, I, I think... I, I, I really like a lot of what this... And this is, like, my least favorite part of the episode, and I still love so much of what it gives us. Yeah, and then... Yeah, oh, go ahead, Nick. I mean, nah, I mean, I was just going to say, I don't know, I just really love this small scene right here, because it just shows how, like, 
truly like pathetic and petty the court is. I mean, it's like, I don't know, it, it talks about like, I don't know, just, I guess, like, making Amphibia amazing and stuff. I, guess, I don't know. I, I just love the fact that as soon as it's not in charge of Amphibia anymore, it just wants to get rid of it. Like, it's like, well, if, it's like, well, if I can't run Amphibia, then you guys can't. <laughs> yeah. Know, it's, I, it, I it's, it's knocking over the table. Don't you just love to live in strong Casey Fitz? Yeah, it really. I love it. It works. It always works well with the kind of like egotistical, maniacal type villain that Darcy and oh, so many yeah. others are. Was just like at yeah. the end, they finally just lose it when they've lost, and they're just like, "No, I won't let it happen." Yeah, that, that's just why I love Sasha calling them a sore loser because that's exactly what they are. Like, they are. They talk about amphibious greatness. They talk about it having birthright. They talk about excellency. All of that. It has a. And then it just says fucking. <laughs> then it just says fucking Vivia if I can't run it, and I just I, I just love that because like you said, people, it's just it's always awesome to see arrogant villains just thrown off like their their, their height of confidence. Like it's always amazing to see that. Really demonstrates how pathetic the the core like the people who uh, who made the core and the people that the core kind of represent in the themes of the show really are. Yeah. It also kind of makes you think like what what kind of, what kind of person is like or what kind of group of people would make a, a super weapon to turn on themselves and worst case to like like if I lose I'm just going to kill us all type weapon. That was basically what the moon was. I mean, the kind of people willing to, I mean, do everything that we've seen them do, who who value this endless expansion and superiority over everything else. Like it just, I mean, it just shows you how much it lost its way. Like it just, it's completely detached from the city at this point. Like it's yeah. only focusing on this one single goal they established like thousands of years ago. Yeah, I mean, it just, just the fact that. Part of its plans was literally destroy Amphibia. Like, like that's that was like that's insane. Like, literally, they made that a potential plan they had to do, and it just shows you just how broken I mean, off if they are from this world. If Amphibia isn't serving the purpose that they want it to, it doesn't deserve to exist. Yeah. Yeah, and then. Uh... At this moment, that's when Mother Ulm kind of shows up and kind of starts bringing up the prophecy stuff again. And I like how Marcy is just like not in the loop about all of this, but is super excited about it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's pretty much their plan to like stop the core and. Mother Ulm kind of brings up the like caveat that the prophecy wasn't didn't say that they would succeed. It's just that they would have to choose whether or not to actually help out or not. But seeing how this is the end of the series, like of course they would. I like I like how she phrased it. It's like the prophecy is more of an begging for help thing. Also, gotta appreciate Marcy Wednesday, Mother Ulm. <laughs> Who is this now? This is so fun. So exciting. He's like, oh, she's catching up on all the crazy stuff that she missed out on. Yeah. And... It's too bad Marcy had to be gone for all the like anime hijinks. 
almost all of them. Almost all. At least she was part of the uh, the temple quest. So it's like she got the temple quest, and then Sasha got the, I guess, a little bit of this like mystic quest. I don't know how much she liked the the mother of Ulm's quest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we saw we'll that. Payback. But it's kind of like when when mother, mother Ulm mentions it's like a like that the prophecy was like begging for help. It kind of brings back to it brings me back to how the temples were kind of like the the ability to like walk out. And how it's like, I, I know PC kind of disagreed in this regard, where it's like, right. kind of like how, yeah, like in a sympathetic, sympathetic manner, but I, th- I do think it's kind of fitting that Marcy was the one in charge of kind of undoing the prophecy because she was with Andreas and It's kind of fitting. It was a lot easier. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, like, yeah, I just thought, like, how Marcy didn't want the journey to end, but, like, Andrew set her up on a quest to actually make it end, in a way. Yeah. I guess she was under the impression that she was just allowing Andreas to take them to more worlds. Woohoo. Yeah, and then they they head up to the... Everyone heads up to the tower to like put the to to give Sasha and Marcy their their gem powers back and Mother Olm has like a little like a private conversation with Anne and she forgot to tell Anne about the uh the secret spell that could just that would allow Anne to do whatever she needed to do at a at a price and well it will we'll find like we we see it happens later yeah. but i mean mother Om tells us the price straight up she tells them the price is the life yeah and Anne is i think Anne is like I, I hate how Anne has like no hesitation about doing what's necessary because that's Anne, but feels in character, but it's still like ouch. And I like the I like the how to activate it. All you need to do is ask, because that that's. Fun in retrospect when we find out exactly why it might be that way. Yeah, for sure. And uh, she heads over to the tower and or to the castle, and Valeriana's back. Finally, that last of that one. Oh yeah, we 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 spent. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, what one episode a season? That's Valeriana's quota. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I won't like. I was on the edge of my seat in season three because I was just like, just waiting and waiting for them to show up. Like, I know it kept on making theories for what potential episode they could pop in, and like, yeah, finally they're they're finally here. They they, they just show up 
just like that. Like, there's no foreshadowing. There's nothing to give us a hint at their appearance. <laughs> they just show up. And I guess that's sort of been their ML, their ML right? Like, this, this whole series long, they just pop up anytime they're really needed. I'm surprised she wasn't out to lunch or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would. I was, I was really hoping like we we get one more joke about that, but yeah, no, that was ready to go. Yeah, and yeah, she shows up and she's kind of like the she kind of like runs the runs like runs the process again, same way she did back in like the second temple and. I like how they have to think about their connection to Amphibia to help do this process, which is a nice moment, since they are, like, the champions of this world. It was pretty easy. I expected them to have to do some kind of, like, not super important, but, like, kind of to fill up the time and make it, like, seem like, oh, they've got to... They've got to gain their powers back. They got to earn it. But no, it's just kind of like zap. You're done now. I don't know. I don't feel like it took anything away from the show by doing that. But I definitely didn't expect them to just be done with it so quickly. Ooh, one thing I do like in that moment when they're when we do the pan across of all the three girls is that behind them are all the character, the various characters that relate to their journey. Well, at least the ones that are present right now as we see them thinking about what ties them to Amphibia, which I think is a really awesome like cinematography way to do that all. Yeah, I, th- oh, I think for yeah, Marcy... I should have paid more attention. Why, didn't I, why was I not paying attention to that? Like, I was so focused. I was so hyped for the scene, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> now I feel like an idiot. Yeah, like, when it, when it circles, that shot circles around them, you see, like, planners, grime. Like, in, in their, like, in the correct order, which is nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so the gems get recharged, the the roof gets, not the roof, all the windows, like, shatter, and the girls all get their calamity, calam- calamity forms, and... And then Sasha kills the roof. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, these these designs are like they, they kind of match what we saw back in Yeah, the, Hometown uh, the Road. Mural. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad I was right about which side which girl was on. Yeah, cuz I think people were saying like maybe like the horned one was like was Marcy, but yeah, it was nah. Sasha, the ponytail. It's, came it's back. kind of a silly little petty thing to be annoyed about, but I kept on seeing people redraw the, the frame or the, oh, the, like, yeah. the, like, the girl's sides reversed. It was just ticking me off so much. Oh, no, I totally get you. Like, it, it's such a small thing and that doesn't really matter, but for some reason, I was like, no, you idiot. Sasha has the ponytail. What do you think? <laughs> like, it made me so mad to see Marcy just drawn with, like, what, like the rhinoceros horn or crown? I don't really call that, but yeah, no. I totally get what you mean. Yeah, and uh, there's a, like, is there is there much we can talk about for like Sasha and well, I guess all the girls in general, just like like Sasha, like Anne and Marcy's look kind of similar, and then like Sasha's just like spikes everywhere. 
Okay, so I, I will I will say I will say, and I didn't want to brag too much. When I was drawing, like, remember that level one through level one hundred thing I did ages ago? I I don't remember. I think it was so. a long, long time ago. Sasha almost kind of looked like mine, so I'm gonna take a like a partial dub. <laughs> More bragging rights. <laughs> nah, I mean. Yeah, Sasha's Sasha's design wasn't really based off of her clothes or really much of anything to be honest. It was just it was just kind of it was very Sasha. Like it looked like a, something Sasha would wear. So there's that. Yeah, like Sasha's like a, a 90s character. Yeah, yeah, Sasha looked like a 90s character and then <laughs> I guess <laughs> Marcy would be well, Marcy and Anne. I kind of, they, they kind of look similar. Oh, but I do like how Anne's design has like leaf uh, knee guards, and she she's kind of got like a crown thing going on more so than the other two crown type thingies. Yeah, and even though like. Sasha's looks like the most like flamey-ish. Even though like Anne, we, we we saw her hair kind of like become like a like a torch, basically. Yeah, um, a little bit. So yeah, they is Marcy the only one who didn't really get any special hair theme? Yeah, like, I think she didn't get anything. Oh, which is uh, unfortunate. I mean, I know, at least she looks cool. Well, she has I mean, a little she clip. Has <laughs> she has a. Yeah, okay. She does have a little golden hair clip. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah, I like the hair clip. I'm glad that stayed. Oh, Anne's very clearly got like an earth leafy nature theme, and then Sasha's more fire. Although mostly it's just spikes. It's mostly just spikes. You know, we'll say that. They, uh, this is, like, having this moment is just super worth it. Like, I, I know this is, like, I guess, borderline fan service, but, like, I mean, come on. We've been waiting, like, it's, it's not since forever. It's not borderline. I don't know. This I think people a... get too stressed about fan service. It's a good thing when your fans are enjoying what you're creating. Yeah. Why should we be so upset about making something that the fans are like, yes, I wanted to see this? Yeah, fan service is not a bad thing, but... That this definitely was, and this entire segment was almost entirely fan service. Like that's just for me. It just felt earned because, like, in a way, the show was building up to this point, right? Like, I don't know. That's why I feel like, like, I, I, I guess, like, this whole segment, this whole thing, I, it didn't have that much, I guess, nuance or like fluff to it. But like, I don't know. It was just, it was really awesome because I was waiting for this moment. Since the beginning of the series, like the show was building up to something like this, because this is less of anything deep and more like just like a sort of like like a sort of celebration of them achieving their best selves. Like this is, I mean, that's what the super forms are tied to anyway. Like this is what this moment was supposed to be, and yeah, it's awesome to have it. Yeah, it was. It was just very fun to see. Yeah, and then they they immediately like 
zoom off into space with that Powerpuff Girls looking streak of light and <laughs> take take on the core and the core just like opens up some sort of hangar and the on the moon and then you see all these like random creatures just pour out presumably presumably all the experiments yeah yeah there were like robot versions of animals and stuff i like it yeah well this i i loved the weird robot monsters yeah they all just like so are they confirmed to be just all a bunch of robots because i thought like like when i saw the promo i thought like some of these would be like creatures from other worlds that the core has like tampered with but uh yeah it looks like they're all like machinery there might be some animal bits in there somewhere andrea style yeah i mean i don't yeah i don't know it's just it still blows my mind that like i don't know just the moon (laughs) like the moon had this much danger and lore to it like it wasn't just the show's way to make really cool shots like no like holy shit <laughs> like it definitely gives um themes with the moon in the background like a different feeling doesn't it like it's just God, it just does, it makes, it makes the moon like season one poster it's just like very large and there and now we know why there was much focus on it no i i, I thought the moon was like such like a calming thing like a the like like something that's always in the amphibia, just like very soothing, and then no, turns out it's been watching us the whole time. Ugh, yeah. Nightmarish. I feel like that's something that could be explored in like post-canon stuff, or like even spinoffs of just you know mad interviews. Like what else was going on with the food? What sort of? Because he said that Andreas was like, oh yeah, one of the many experiments was that it was also a failsafe. But I mean. You gotta think, is it some kind of surveillance thing? Because it's the moon and has so many eyes. And there's, yeah. like, other experience. We see all the creatures. Maybe, yeah, like, yeah. it was, like, some. maybe, like, at some point, maybe they were, like, trying to make it a doomsday weapon where they just portal the whole moon to a different, um, to a different dimension. In case, like, the defenders of that planet were causing them too much trouble. Or like it was like a giant like satellite to spy on people, but then after like the after the box was taken, it's just pretty much everything became so low tech that there was like really no point in like searching for electrical signals. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, no, no, no. I like it's just like yeah. What I just love about like. I don't know, just the core having, I don't know, it, it's really weird, like, it's really weird to talk about, like, the core, like, what, thousands of years ago, <laughs> went over to the moon and just, like, turned into a, like, that's, that's wild, but, like, what I do like is, is that it just opens up the question of, like, are there more, like, packed ideas or things that we don't know about that the core did? Like, I feel like, I feel like they still have, like, a whole um, closet full of skeletons that we need to, like, dig through. Like, are there more secret fail-safes of the core? Yeah, like, something like that, or just, like, I don't know, like, more, like more uh, like, 
sci-fi horror abominations. I don't know, like literally anything else. Because I feel like the core just has like such a long line of history and amphibian, right? Like the fact, like like the freaking moon. Like I feel like if the moon itself was taken over and turned into that, like the natural what else they did during their time in amphibia, like yeah, like I, I could see that just being just leading to like a uh, like a large amount of spinoffs itself right there. Yeah, like. It's like even the moon wasn't out of like other dimensions weren't out of reach for the core. So then, like kind of like looking back at that, it's like okay, yeah. So it makes sense for the for the moon for the core's influence to reach space as well in this world. And I I know it, it just it, sorry. Oh, I I just I know amphibia was like kind of treated like its own its paradise. So so maybe they didn't try to mess with their own world too much but you never know there could be stuff like lurking in other parts of amphibia or even other continents yeah i mean it just, i did bring that up yeah i i think one of the things about the moon being what it is is it in a weird way it feels violating of amphibia like the place yeah, like you've taken like the this natural thing about amphibia and turned it into a weapon, and it's been doing that yeah, as well like during three B with like mind controlling the animals as well. Yeah, and, and and that was already super fucked up, but there something about turning something as like that feels so unalterable as the moon in. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. There's something. There's something about it just, that feels like deeply violating to amphibia, in a good way. Yeah. I mean, not good for amphibia, but like good for the show. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, I totally get what you mean. Like, it just feels like it's just another example of the core trying to play god. Like, I mean, it literally claims that it's a god later in the episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. God, I love that. But oh man, yeah, it's just. They've always felt like a sort of infestation to me, just like this an unnatural being getting in the way of like, yep, yeah, everything that is natural to amphibia. Like we, I mean, they're like, I feel like that. Yeah, there are lots of examples of that. And like one of my favorites, just um, back in Newton Tights, like like common like animals we've seen them like you know used to like move carriages and stuff. You know, like they got mind controlled when like you don't even need to do that, right? Like we, we've seen plenty of amphibia carriages just use them normally. So it just feels like the core is just overriding anything as kind of like, yeah, like it's just, yeah. Yeah. And then this, the next scene, it basically, I don't want to say amphibia becomes an anime because we all deep down know that it kind of already was. <laughs> But then it just becomes yeah. even more. It becomes even more anime with like. God, I love this scene! Holy shit! All the poses, <laughs> I, I all the an- yeah, all the poses, yeah, all the, the dynamic music. animation, and yeah, the, like jet, the dialogue. The, it's perfect. Yeah, it's and then, perfect. It's exactly what we needed. <laughs> yeah, we even got like the the jazzy version of like no big deal, and yes, yes, God, <laughs> sorry. Stuff. But I just love this scene so much. It's like it's perfect. It's like you know on this podcast, I was always talking about how I want the finale to be them all powered up, 
flying around and kicking some ass. I, this is exactly what I got. Like, this was what I wanted. And it's amazing. I'm fairly sure this scene is, like, what everybody in the fandom wanted. Yeah. I mean, it's what I want. I wanted to see this at least once. Yeah. Like, it's, God, it's just, like, we only got it once, but it just feels, like, like, I could just, it's just one. We only have one scene of them all powered up, kicking ass, but, Christ, it's so rewatchable. Like, it's just so fucking fun. Like, I, I rewatched this scene so many times, like, God, it's only a minute and a half, but it's just so amazing. It's just like it's some good fun before we like really get into the meat and the emotional heartache of the really like the thought the thought producing parts of the episode is just like, yeah, they get to kick ass. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where like yeah, this scene's so much fun, even though it is like the final conflict, and that's what just makes the second half hit a little more, but Yeah, it's like it's like, it's like the last hurrah the show sort of gave itself, right? Because it knew surprised, yeah, I mean just in hindsight it makes so much sense why they sort of handled it like that, but like this like, give us our super cool anime fight scene before you ruin us. <laughs> like, I feel like, I feel like it, was, it was a good decision. And uh, yeah, we get to see like you know. It, oh, go ahead, PC. It, it's abs- It's absolutely nuts. Uh, where we're having a show where a bunch of girls getting superpowers and fighting the moon is like the breather for the actual heavy stuff. <laughs> yeah, I love how Divius oh. like that. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah. It's been, like the most talked about part of the episode. We've been waiting for so fucking long for that payoff. Like, like it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah, yeah. We That's got some Divia for you. Like, ah, oh, man, it, it really. I just love how it's sort of like its priorities have always been consistent. Like. I don't know, but I, I love the show for that. Yeah, and like each of the girls get to do their like over the top anime energy moves, like and has like the tennis racket thing, and it like just becomes like a bunch of like exploding kittens. And I, I think someone pointed out how like last week Andrews had like his own like missile launch, like missile launching attack move that looked kind of similar to Anne, even though it probably wasn't intentional, but It was pretty similar, though. Yeah. Admittedly. Just, like, even even more well, parallels. <laughs> yeah, and Andrew parallels, but God, dude, it's so cool. Like, damn, I don't even know. <laughs> like, it's so cool. Speak, speaking of the Andrew's parallels... Wait, 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 not yet. For... Not yet. Okay, okay. I was just because this is the scene. <laughs> this is the scene where the where the, the thing happens. Not not exactly. Oh, I was just gonna go through the the anime powers. Like, uh, oh, you're just okay. Gonna go through. The, okay, yeah. What did it, it remind me of? A stakeout, I think, where Anne and Hop Hop did that. Like, like 
that was the probably like the the most anime ish fight thing we got before this, I guess. Okay, hold up. Are we just going to ignore true colors in that sentence? Oh wait, right, right. But that was Anne mostly <laughs> just punching. But like, like wasn't Stakeout like Anne and Hop Up were tripping, and then they shot like a giant laser beam at the corn yeah. cob monster? Or I mean, but but also, are you going Stakeout to also so ignore funny all in? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, you're right. Maybe it, it wasn't the most anime thing. It's just yeah, that's what it reminded me of. And then I mean, they're not even, they're not like trying to hide it. They they like I mean, Matt's always talking about like, oh man, I I love anime. I want to represent. I want to recreate it here. And the characters that call them cool anime powers multiple times. And Marcy's literally like halfway through her thing, and she's like, "Mal, this is the most anime moment of my life." Yeah, like oh my yeah, Marcy's part of this fight. That's easily my favorite part. Like, like I don't. It's just I guess it's because we've been like sort of starved of fun Marcy moments with dude. Just her having like the time of her life alongside like you know Anna and Sasha. It's just so thrilling. She's earned a little bit of this after everything. She's earned having cool anime powers. Yeah, and she launches her twenty-sided dice weapon thing, and it's yeah, just all that's funny, baby. Yeah, all those, all their, each of their moves were just so like fitting and over the top. Like Sasha had the pom pom thing, and just smashing through like all those like creatures that they designed for like two seconds of and two seconds of of screen time, like. Like, like the crew meticulously planned each area, <laughs> and then they only have one second of screen time each. They <laughs> uh, exist only yeah. to job. I like how the powers all, like, call back on what they did kind of before Amphibia with each of their interests. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it just feels really fitting. You, like, yeah. It shows that the girls have become, like, their best selves, but they're still themselves. Yeah, I mean, also, yeah, it's a really good way to, I mean, this might be a weird point, but I guess it is a really good way to sort of, like, yeah, remind you that, yeah, these are still, like, teenage girls from Earth, right? Like, that's their home that they need to get back to, but, yeah, I just wanted to put that out. Yeah, and they're all kind of, like, oh, happy. yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Oh, God. Yeah, and then, yeah, they're all having fun and, like, holding hands before, like, jumping back in to, like, blow everything up. Dude, that's just so awesome. Like, I'm sorry, I'm just rewatching the Nat 20s scene, like, come on, like, okay, okay, what is everyone's favorite part of the fight? Like, who, like, out of the three girls, like, which one, like, who do you think had the best, like, segment? Probably Marcy, I think. Yeah, I gotta give it to Marcy. I mean, you guys know I'm biased towards Sasha, but I thought her hair and wings were really cool. Mm, I don't like the heron explosion, but like it's actually a hard—it's a hard thing for me to say who is the who had the best, which probably is saying something. So, jeez. Like it's just—I don't know—just Marcy's like bubbly energy, dude. It's just. It's so easy. To, it's so yeah. easy to get invested in that. Like it's too much for me. I guess. I guess that's, that's why I was just so sold on it because it's like you're just having so much damn fun by, while being a literal super saiyan. 
Yeah, I think Marcy's like energy during it is what really sold me on hers. Yeah. Not to say that the other um, ones weren't great too, because they were. Yeah, they're all amazing. But oh yeah, it's not, like the explosions too are so beautiful. Like let, let me just post. Like when oh then dude, I, I'm like I love this scene so much. Yeah, the music especially like makes it all like Super yeah, fun. TJ Hill. TJ Hill created another masterpiece right here. Yeah, I don't have much of an ear for music, but holy crap. This is maybe the best amphibia music has ever been. It's like yeah, final just, final uh, lap in Mario Kart music. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I just love the fact that it already felt like the crew went all out. Last week with all in, and then they just pull this shit. Like it, it, it's, this is gorgeous. Like everything about this scene is just amazing. Yeah, and then uh, like we we see that big explosion in space, and it cuts back to Andreas in uh in his tower where like he's watching all these like explosions happening, and that's when the core starts talking to him, and. Uh, I'll let PC like get his chance to talk about it, but yeah, he Andrew sends in like Grime walks in on like the core, like begging for Andreas to help him, and Andrew sends a bunch of robots into space, and then like I, I guess I can just say it now, like just when the girls think like the the girls start holding back the moon. The robots think that they're coming to attack them, but that turns out they're helping them push back the moon. And Andrus has decided to like rebel against the core after all these years and destroys the crown. And like I know, PC, you wanted to bring up the the parallels there as well. Well, I mean, I think it. I, I think it just really goes back to what Anne said in All In. Uh, that it's not about who you were, it's the choices you make now. Yeah, and, like, it's, like, very clear in what the show is trying to show when they have Andrews literally say the exact words Anne told Sasha back in Reunion. And, uh... Yeah, they were not, uh... They were not subtle about it. It's also true that, like, the core is, is more than just, like, Andreas's master. He's, like, his father. So it's really a different level of attachment that he's had to the core while the core hasn't cared for him at all over these years. Yeah, the, the core has been profoundly abusive to Andreas over 1,000 years. Yeah, I mean... I, I just, I mean, let me just say, I just love how they sort of handled his... Like, I don't want to... Like, no, we can't call it... I, like, he'll turn to something, like, his... I don't know what's the proper term. I know people will usually say like he, heel, turn, heel turn is when a good guy turns bad. Face turn is when a bad guy turns good. Well, you oh, mostly yeah. like heel face or face heel. So this yeah, is a heel that, face turn. Yeah, it's. I, I was just like heel. Heel is bad. Face is good. All right. All right. Yeah. No. This is. I don't know. It's just. I'm not going. At first, I was scared. I was like, "What the fuck?" Place <laughs> me. When he snaps his fingers out, the bubbles flying. I was like, "No, it's you can't do this. Come on, like, what, 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 yeah." For I, a I second, I wasn't sure. 
I was not sure for a second if if Andrews was going to make the right choice or not. I think we were all grime in that moment where he was like, yeah, what, are, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was so yeah. happy when he turned out and thought to help him. Like, yeah, I was no, genuinely me. like, no, after all this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you can't do this now, Andrews. Come on. I don't know, dude. I, I, I love that scene. Like, just... It's so yeah, It's just amazing. Like, like they were so in our face. Like, I, I just love how, like, like the parallels between Anne and Andrews. I feel like at first, they're sort of subtle at it. Sort of, sort of like, sort of, like... I feel like back in, like, maybe... A day at the Akram, I feel like maybe that's when they sort of set it up. And they slowly built that, you know, all the way... Like, we... we they kept on, like, developing Anne, had Andrews, you know, fall deeper and deeper into his worst self. And then finally had these two clash. And that's when the show was very, very clear about what they were trying to do with these two characters. And yeah, and then they just pulled off right here in this amazing scene. Like, it's just, I don't know. Like, and I, I, I also will say, I do love the fact that Andrews, it, it didn't, he didn't immediately rebel, um, yeah, rebel against the core when he saw these letters. I, I, I love, I just love the fact that it was something he sort of had, like, contemplate about for a while, right? Before he was actually able to do anything against them. Because before he just gave up. But here he's actually, like, Aggressively going against them, like actively going against. Yeah, I like the uh, like when the robot when the robots are heading towards the girls. Like Marcy gets like one last like, she gets her like clumsy. We get the clumsy joke in, but uh, looking at all the robots, like Andrews probably said like everything he had left because you can see like. Some of the bots are like damaged as well. Like just, I guess whoever, whatever could fly was sent up there. Oh, wow. yeah. No, you're totally right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, some of them I, don't I, have like limbs <laughs> and are probably are pretty beat up and yeah, it's just like they're throwing everything they have, or Andrews at least, and. And the core is so, like, we talked about this last week, too, how, like, the core keeps getting more and more pathetic. And how here it's, like, begging, <laughs> it's begging Andrews, like, no, like, like, with the, the core is, like, trying to, like, entice Andrews with the, with immortality, I guess, but. Like, it's it's been, it's been abusing him and making fun of him constantly. And then the moment. It's in danger. It begs him for help. Yeah, like I, I just love the fact they they were like they were totally ready to kill Andrew before, and now as soon as they're in trouble, they just come crawling back to him, begging him to help them. And I just like I don't know, I just love if I just love the fact that Andrew's always knew that his relationship with the core was unhealthy, that it was just wrong. But like the problem was, he was also fueled by like you know hate. And pain and grief, all of that, and that just sort of that blinded him from like you know what was right, and just stopped him from ever being able to rebel against Corbin. Now that all that's gone, right? He's finally just done their bullshit because I feel like he's always seen it as bullshit. He always knew they were wrong in a way. So, yeah, I don't know. It, like, it's just awful. Oh, go ahead, Nick. Oh no, 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 I, I was done there. Oh, okay. It's also like he Andrew's loss. And in that, he didn't have to keep, like, fighting to win. It's like, have you ever just, like, when you finally fail at something, it's a relief? Because you were stressing about not failing for so long? Yeah. 
steps. I mean, he, he oh, finally yeah. was able to just stop. Yeah, like, God, you're so right. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's what he said right at the end, right? Like, it, oh, it's finally over. Like, it, yeah, I mean, I feel like you're totally right about that because honestly, yeah, he's never been, I don't, I feel like his, any interest he ever had in, I don't even, I don't even want to say if he ever had, because like, I'm rambling right now, but it's just, he never truly had any interest in conquest or, or, or conquering other worlds. Like, I feel like it was always just living up to his legacy, right? And then, yeah, he was kind of shown that his legacy is a giant piece of shit in the way they treat him. And yeah, like he was never truly motivated by anything in front of right? Like, it was just his way of getting back to people who betrayed him and his way of just living up to his ancestors and just. Yeah, like, he no longer has. He's finally free. Yeah. And, uh. So, yeah, like, the girls keep trying to hold back the moon, and. The core kind of, like. The core kind of mocks them, too, about, like, not mocks them, just taunts them. There is some time in between when he. Gave up and really like gave him some, yeah. yeah. Like he's like he like calls him calls itself a god and at the same time, uh, Sasha and Marcy's powers start flickering out and that's when we have to get the like that's when when Anne has to kind of step up because she's been she's like we've seen throughout season three like Anne has been handling these powers like multiple times and I guess that kind of helped her manage them and I'm guessing for the prophecy if it if things went to plan hopefully through amphibia they would have been the Marcy and Sasha would have been able to uh use their powers and get used to them yeah and yeah, that's when Anne kind of convinces them to hand back the hand back the stones, and she's going to she she fills them in on the plan too. Yeah, she's she doesn't like lie to them. I think that was really cool. Like I was expecting her to like not tell them about the risks, but she she was honest. Yeah. And... Yeah, I feel like that just says a lot about the relationship at this point, you know, just, I don't know, it's that honesty and clarity, right, like, and, and she wants to make, sh- yeah, she doesn't, yeah, she didn't want to, like, I didn't even think that much on it, like, yeah, she didn't want to betray and just hurt their feelings, like, that she just, she put it out there and she wanted to make sure that they were okay with it. Well, um, well, she didn't want to make sure that they were okay with it, uh. Because they they kind of weren't, but um, she didn't want them to. She didn't want to lie to them. She didn't yeah. want the last thing that she did to them with them to be a moment of dishonesty. Yeah, she just said, "I'm going to die. Give me your powers. I need to do this." And they said, "We trust you to make this decision." Well, Anne said she yeah. might die. But... <laughs> oh, she might die. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. if she said she will die, then then, then Sasha Marcy probably would have been a little more. A little bit more cagey about it. Yeah, but I like. I think if she said she will die, they definitely both try to do it themselves. 
I, I I like to imagine that if she told them that yeah she will die, like they would still have to like they would they would initially like not, but I like to imagine that their relationship has gotten to the point where they'll respect Anne's decision. Yeah, I think I agree with you though. Yeah, and then uh... I don't know. Oh, go ahead, pickle. I mean, like on one hand. A lot of their like progression is learning to let Anne make her own decision for herself as a person. But on the other hand, like that's the sort of thing where, of course, you'd want to be self-sacrificing. And especially with Sasha, her whole thing is like, I've got to like still deep down, she she has to stand up for people who deserve it. And I know that both Sasha and Marcy probably think they're more like they're the ones who should be dying in the end, and Anne should get to live out the happy ending, even if it's dark. Like between the three of them, they probably both would rather themselves than Anne. I think, yeah, I think they would, but I don't know. I still think that they would respect Anne's decision to use the powers herself, because I don't know. That just that feels like part of what this has all been building up to. It was like, yeah, yeah. No, I, I really, I, I didn't even like kneel over that that much, but yeah, that's just a really beautiful thought because, yeah, like, um. A lot of their time together was them sort of like suppressing Anne's best self, always trying to like bring her back to like an older version of herself. And here, yeah, she's making such a huge decision, and they're and they had to like you know step aside for that. They they had to accept that. And that's yeah, I don't know, but that's just a really amazing way to like bring it all together. Yeah, it 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 kind of brings it full circle. Yeah, and then, and and then Anne like takes her gems and she kind of like teleports them or sets them back down on Amphibia, and yeah, then Sprig finds out and then Sp- Sprig, the the Chad that he is like the. The daring Chad that he is, like, just gets on Frobo and just launches himself up into space. And oh, Sunsuri, yeah, you want like you wanted the... to talk about uh, you wanted to say something about Andreas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in the one of the great moments is that when Andreas is standing up to the core, and he's got and there's this whole "What are you doing?" and then he quotes and word for word from Reunion. Oh yeah, something we, we... I should have done a long. Oh, we did. Yeah, we oh, talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Uh, Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I zoned out. It's a, good, it's a good moment, though. It's a, such a good moment. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> this That's is going right. to take a you while. Are, you are not forgiven. I learned nothing from this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the, so, yeah, like, Sprig just gets on. Like, I love how, like, because Sasha and Marcy explain the plan to Sprig, and then Sprig immediately, like, he's, like, in shock, kind of. Not shock. He's just, like, in denial about what could happen next, and then just, like... Ugh. Sprig being in denial has been a uh, consistent theme, I would say. This is very much a pure Sprig moment. It is. It's one of... It, this, this, it's, this entire episode is filled with some of Sprig's best moments. Yeah, I just, I love the wording they specifically used that I guess we'll get a little bit more into. What what was the wording again? 
Like you're my I, everything. You're my everything. Oh, oh, that moment. Okay. Um. Yeah, and then, like when when Anne, when Sprig launches himself off into spit, like to to Anne. Anne is about to use the stones, and like the core mentions, like, like it said something along the lines of like, "Oh, you dare use like Amphibia's greatest treasure against me?" And I know Sunsphere, you wanted to talk about, I guess that line. I just, uh, it's just like a, a great sh- showcase of just like reinforcing the core literally only cares about power, and then we see Anne's just like complete denial of that, and we get a shot of everybody in the background and it is amazing and beautiful and is exactly what the show stands for Amphibio really said the real treasure was the friends we made along the way yes and I am here for it and unironically and yes I am I love the power of friendship it's it's such an earned moment from the show like you can't even tell it it's an earned moment like I love I love this. I love that as Anne saying this because Christ, like she, she is built up by the people she meets. Like they all build into her, making her a better person than she ever was before. And yeah, I love this scene. Yeah, and she and she in turn makes them better. Yeah, God, yeah, it went full circle. Like it, I don't it's know, give I, and it's, take. It's amazing. I love this. I love how Soggy Joe is in this in this group yeah. crowd yeah. shot. Soggy Joe. Soggy Joe. I think most of the Warwood characters are here, and uh... yeah, I think we got almost all. The, I think we got all the townies for sure, and then a lot of the um, a lot of the other side characters too. But there's someone that was missing. I'm trying to remember who. But yeah, the hmm. a lot of like the big characters, like the mother of Olms and. Parisia or whatever her name is. I guess they're just too big to fit in the shot, which makes sense. Yeah. Got two no, I didn't even uh now you ruined it for me. <laughs> Dang it. Wait, who is wasn't in Val there? Please wait, is Valigana? Is she there? No, she's not in there. Oh no. And all the friends are in there. I don't know if Valeriana counts as a friend. But then like No I, I know I know Percy and Braddock are in the shot, but like Anna's never met them, right? It's no, yeah, it's for us, okay. Like, it's I guess symbolic. they're all at her. Yeah, it's symbolic. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be for Sasha. It includes Sasha. I mean, yeah, Sasha Marsh didn't make as many friends as they did, but I, I mean, I'm pretty sure you, I'm pr- Unit and Olivia were in there, and just, Anne barely met them. Yeah, Wally's dad is in this too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, the big. Oh my God, was he? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. He's in the bottom left. Yeah, and Duckweed oh too. God. Like, <laughs> Jeremy didn't even wow. have Jeremy. Jeremy is here too. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy. Oh you know. You think I'm mad? He's dead. I fucking love that. They have everyone from Wartwood. I, I love that. They they got all of Wartwood. They forgot Gunther. Well, that's, that's like the most important thing, though. They just needed all of Wartwood. Like the rest of them are kind of just little details. Maybe another one. Super intense mother of old fans gonna be disappointed. <laughs> yes, all those super intense mother of old fans that we're all aware. Of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, the, yeah, the 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 Moo stands are gonna be furious. <laughs> I'm glad that they had one last like cameo of Percy and Frederick because I don't know. I think it was good for. Sasha to like actually lose some friends because 
you know, when mm-hmm. you're jerk that happens not every friendship can be like the perfect idealized ending yeah we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about sasha's we'll we'll talk about that moment later on too but yeah uh oh gertie is here too and fern yeah all the all all the nudies yeah we have a special name for the new for the newtopia townies I don't think we. I think we've just been calling them that. Uh, wait, wait, hold on. Are we? Are we sure we want to use that? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's a great, the greatest term, but they are all here. Yeah, and then Anne asks. Yeah, Sunser, you you also had another good note about. How Anne phrases the question, or how she phrases the desire. Oh, yeah, the question. Yeah. Um, Anne asks the stones because she wants to protect Amphibia. And the phrasing of that question is really important because basically it's just exemplifying the reasons she's fighting here. She's protecting Amphibia. She's not trying to beat the core for any other reason. It's not she's not phrasing the question in a way that gives the core importance either and it's always nice it's just like the, it's just a little thing but it's nice and it checks out and it's a great amphibia moment it really is because yeah she's not asking for power to destroy the core she's just asking for power to save amphibia that's it Yeah, and then... Yeah, to save the world I love. Oh, go and ahead, Sensor. as we know, oh, her, uh, her, her, her motives for that actually do matter. We'll get to that. Yeah, and... Yeah, like, the gem's powers... Activate, and the, the gems themselves get destroyed and I guess Anne Yeah, I guess Anne completely like possesses all three powers of the gems and that's when Sprig arrives and Yeah. First tear joker of the episode. Yeah, Pickle, you wanted to talk about this earlier before I before I cut you off, but uh, okay, I I don't have the exact wording pull up pulled up. I'll try to do that. But while I'm doing that, I can also talk about it. I just Sprig. I mean, in general, the voice acting here, the execution of it, really, it it just works so well. Him going to her, being like, "Please don't leave. You're my everything." It just I don't know. It hits harder than it's the hardest thing to watch. Sorry, I had to make that joke at least once. Uh... Uh, I think it it hits. It hits harder, I think, than the goodbyes because it's, like, not on a happy note. Because he goes up, he's going up there and he's he's begging for her not to leave him. And she, I don't know, I feel like this might be kind of a weird comparison, but uh, she kind of reminds me of, like, Tusprig as his older sister, but, like, him having no parents, she's kind of fulfilled the like sister becomes almost motherly like role, and I think that like kind of adds to the scene with 
her basically comforting him and telling him like I know I'm sorry but I have to go and spring losing another like super important female like person he looks up to in his life yeah 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 I mean, yeah He's, I mean, he's being forced to let go. Yeah, I think, and Anne's the one who kind of pulls back first. I, I, I kind, of, I can't really tell if, like, who pulls away from that. But then, well, I, well, I think they do at the same time. When I'm, when I'm looking at it again. Yeah, it looks, like, it looks like about the same time. Yeah, no, I mean, this, this scene is just amazing because it, it does, I don't know if this is like a weird way to re, you know, analyze it, but I, I guess like for me, it, it, God, rewatching it again, it, it sort of feels like Sprague, he wanted to at least just see her one last time. Like, I, I'm, like, like it was some, he does sort of give up trying to stop her from doing this, you know, pretty fast. And I feel like, Part of that is just because he wanted to make sure he, he, he at least saw her one last time before she did this. Because seriously, like right before all this, he was having the time of his life seeing Anne power up. So, he, so yeah, like I feel like this is just him trying to get some kind of closure out of him before she made the greatest sacrifice of her life. Yeah, and he, I don't think he wanted to be like hiding from it. He went up there and he like talked to her before she did it instead of just being like yeah. running away from the conflict. I mean, she had already she had already taken the power and kind of accepted her fate at that point. Yeah, yeah. It's like her like she can't like contain it, so like she starts crack like cracks start appearing from in her, on her, around her, whatever. But yeah, like it's like her physical form can't contain this much and. Yeah, she kind of just like unleashes it all on the core, and just like completely effortlessly as well. Yeah. Well, she kind of like well, struggles okay, okay. to hold she... back, hold it back a little. Well, I I think it's not against yeah. the core, just like against herself in a way, because yeah, she's like trying to focus. And... Yeah, she's trying to focus everything it. into yeah. one shot, and. Yeah, I love how, like, you have this, like, large blast going into the core, and then, like, on the other end, it show, it, it starts off small and then, like, grows, and as it's exiting the moon, and then you have, like, the music with the core, like, just, like, probably just, like, staring in disbelief in its final moments before everything, before all of its eyes just shatter. And I kind of like how it's not like this dramatic, like, well, it, this is pretty dramatic, but for the core, it's just like, it just lights out, and that's it. Yeah, they, they did the dramatic villain, Disney villain, death again. This was, this was about, like, Anne, not about Darcy, or the core, or whatever. Yeah, it is kind of, it's nice to see how basically the core is kind of a non-character here, almost. Like, th even throughout most, um, so much of the episode, like, it's the main threat, but the amount of actually attention it takes up in, well, at least these first 11 minutes of the episode where it actually still exists is 
remarkably small. Yeah, but I, I, I don't mind that, personally. Oh, I think it's great. Yeah, it, it really, it kind of demonstrates that that the core has become, like, all-consumed by its obsession, like, completely and utterly. And I do think, I think yeah, no, Sunsphere I... brought this up last week, how, like, Darcy was a better, like, is a, was, a, like, a foil to Sasha, while Andrews was for Anne, and last week kind of, like, wrapped up those conflicts. And then here it's just, again, like, obsession, and it's it's no longer, like, relatable. It's just more like a primal... It, evil. Yeah, it's it's a battle of, of pure ideologies, where uh, uh, now there it's it's just survival. People trying to change things for the better versus something that is that doesn't want things to change at all. Yeah. Um. So we, we we see Anne's body and Sprig and Frobo bring it back to Amphibia and Yeah, like the celebration is kind of like cut short when they arrive and Yeah, like uh Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean okay. I, I really yeah. wish I had something to say. I do, I do. Go ahead, Sunstreak, yeah. because I, I can't. I think, okay, uh, Anne, completely devoid of color, and like completely bleached out in these final moments where she is dying because she used the power of the stones. It feels really thematic with the ongoing emphasis of the bright, bright neon colors being associated with the gemstones that drawing on all of that power letting it all out has left her completely drained of color and it really sends home the yeah there is zero way and this Anne is recovering from this she is in the final states dying she's falling apart she's lost all her color this is this is the end yeah, and it's because because color is such an important thing in Amphibia. Yeah, honestly, yeah. God, in hindsight, yeah, that's just genius for them to do that. Because, yeah, Amphibia really puts a lot of stuff into its color design, right? Like, there's just so much life to what they do with it. And, yeah, just to see it, just to see Anne completely devoid of that, Christ. It really just hammers in that she's dying. Yeah, and then yeah, in her final moment, wow. she kind of comforts Sprig, and yeah, even in her final moments, she's she's trying to make other people happy, which is just such a intrinsically Anne thing to do. Yeah, that she even mentions <laughs> movie friend. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's oh, another man, thing. Dude. That's another thing that I think is really great because she doesn't. In so many of those times, people go, Oh, my only regret is maybe like I never got to see the future with you or anything like that. And doesn't have that regret. She doesn't have a real one. She's going out she, happy. 
she would have she doesn't have a regret because she would have done everything exactly the same way i don't know i didn't really i i would have preferred if they just hadn't made it because it was like a funny joke but it kind of took me out of it second i i i don't know i, was... I think the i i mean that's fair that's fair um but for me the idea that Anne, in her final moments just wants to make the people around her laugh one last time. That's incredibly powerful to me. And I think that's super in character for Anne. It is. Yeah, and then she, like, she, like, she crumbles into dust or leaves in this case, and that's pretty much, like, the the first act of this episode and I mean Nikki do you want to <laughs> like okay. we are we we okay before I let Nick talk it's like we have this like super like dark moment and when we're watching this on TV like <laughs> we got a commercial break yeah god the commercial yeah, Jesus Christ like see I, I was prepared for this I was prepared for them to, to be like a fucking tone whiplash. But dude, it went on for like eight minutes or something. Like t- ten minutes. It was like it was way so too fucking long. long. I was just waiting for the show to come back at that point. Like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, I mean, on one hand, I'm glad that they gave us a couple minutes to like process. But holy shit. Yeah, like, God. I was prepared to like listen to like the Mighty Mighty Tiger theme song or something. But not for it to go on for ten minutes. Like, what was that? Who so much of it was like that? just one. So much of it was just like one commercial too. Yeah. Oh my god. It was so cruel. Like, why did you make us wait that long? But, uh, but I mean, just I don't love the commercials. Though. I mean, I will say, yeah, this was an amazing way to open up the episode. Like, just the fact it's only twelve minutes too is so mind blowing to me because it just feels like so much is packed in here and well executed that like it feels like an entire episode to me. Right? It's just. Yeah, I don't know. And, and just the fact that it's not even, like, the best part of the episode just really telling to the quality of the hardest thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Pixels, you you wanted to say something about, like, the, the commercials, right? Um, yeah. Um, they kind of changed it, like, a few hours before because it, it was originally going to be, uh, um, 8 to 8. 30, but they change it to 8 to 8.35, so they want that's how they added more commercials. I was kind of hoping we'd just get one commercial break, but we got like three, I think, in the total. So I, I think that's just Disney just wanting monetizing the stuff. So to me, there was yeah. like a change. I got annoyed by that. Because I didn't really want commercials. And I'm just glad it wasn't the Owl House new episode. Because oh not only okay. was that like, the most annoying Same. editing ever, but it's like rubbing it in our face that there's no more new Amphibia episodes. Oh, God, shit. that would have been so mean. Oh, shit. And, uh, like, I think it's because there's, like, few opportunities for a commercial break. That's what I thought at first. But then, like, with how many we kept just getting ad after ad after ad, like it feels like they were like waiting for the kids to stop crying <laughs> before getting <laughs> before getting to the second act. Like I feel so bad, like like actual like, 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 like watching who probably just 
thought like main character died and the parents were like, wait, no, for the there's whole like, be, five minutes or whatever. Yeah, the there's, still, there's still another part of the episode left. It's fine. Yeah, and like that, like Matt's ha- Matt has said, like amphibious like main demographic is like like we 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 know that these shows are meant for that demographic, but the fact that they were performing so well with it was more surprising. Like, yeah, which which is which is good. It's just yeah, it's just surprising still. <laughs> But yeah, this this first act, I think this first act really like I guess wrapped up all the prophecy stuff. But I I know what we the scene we get next kind of is like is a little bit of that, a little bit of the prophecy stuff along with like Anne's character development or character growth and It, it what I, I do think if you thought this first act was a little like fast or rushed like i don't i don't blame you for like for feeling that way because yeah e- even i feel it that way a little bit i guess what why i'm comfortable with it is because like that's kind of how all this prophecy stuff has always felt like where we get this like quick glimpse of something happening and then like it's like a quick flash and then it's saved for later and then later we get like a little bit more context and then how do i describe this it's like it's tangential i'm not sure what that means but yeah like i I've, it's it 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 it's branch it it is branching off of the main like thing. It's not like the primary focus. Yeah, it's related I, to the primary focus, but it's not the primary focus. Definitely, yeah. Like that's that that's why, and that that might be why. So, uh, people still talk about this first ha- this first act, but for Amphibia, I think Nick mentioned it earlier, like. The, the real, like, meat for us has always been, like, what happens next. But. I guess, do you guys have any more thoughts on this? On these first 11 minutes before we, before we continue? Um, yes, I gotta say, you can go first. Nah, I was just gonna say I really like the animation. Same. Oh yeah, always. I, I kind of wish it was a bit more longer, to be honest. That's why I didn't wear the one commercial breaks. <laughs> but it it was still well done. Um, some people complain about the pacing, but I think the pacing was pretty great from where it was going. Cause it's like literally like we like we're continuing from all in, so. Uh. I- I wasn't 100% smitten with the pacing, but I still really like what we got. I've seen a lot of people saying they don't like the pacing, but I feel like this happens every episode where people are like, it's fast. And I'm kind of like, that's all of Amphibia is a fast-paced show, and it's not like they're doing it because they're rushing. 
because like they, I mean they've had time where they could have done less, but you know that's just kind of the way the the, the show's always been. I like fast paced shows like that, so I'm kind of yeah. I I don't agree with the whole rushed thing or like weird pacing. I I I think that it it is good that it was fast paced. Especially like with the battle scenes and stuff, those needed to be all fast. They couldn't have lingered on the powers for like a long time and made it annoying. I mean, I think my thing with the pacing is more from like a cinematar c- cinema from like a cin. I I don't know what the right word. I cannot pronounce photography. Words. Yeah, from a from like an editing angle specifically, unless a story angle, like how shots were cut together and how close lines were placed together. So I think we can go into the the next part of the episode where Anne, after Anne dies, and after 5,000 minutes of commercials for us, like we, we open up to Anne still being alive in this Super Mario Galaxy looking thing. I am so glad I'm, I was not the only person to notice the that at all. And, uh... We, we kind of see, like, I remember back when we got the first... This first shot from All In. Well, we didn't know it was a far... Sorry. The 3B teaser where Anne wakes up in this field and we sit, we saw the black bars and everyone was thinking, Oh, is there like an aspect ratio change for like this episode? And we finally see this in the hardest thing where it's like that brief moment where Anne wakes up and just sees like the stars and whatever galaxy she's in. And I mean, the the the, this, the visual design in this place is absolutely gorgeous. Mm. And I like the little Easter eggs that are around there too. We have like the two swords on the bottom left. We have the racket embedded into the main island. We have the planter family symbol over to the right. We have a tennis ball on the uh, wind vane, and we have the little tiny woodchop shack that you see outside of the planter house. On a separate island up to the top left. Yeah. It's it's just a bunch of things from Anne's past. Just kind of all in one big amalgam. It feels kind of like, like a really a really nice mix of Amphibia and Earth and Anne's own self. I think they, they did a really good job on, like, kind of combining all the aspects that, you know, Anne would be thinking about if the, like, god thingy or whatever was trying to make it comfortable for her. And then, yeah, then, then she goes inside, right? Yeah, and there's a whole host of other things inside. God, there's so many Easter eggs. Yeah, okay. it's, it's, it's just, oh, man. The cop ops cane. I just love how that's in a bu- in Polly's bucket. I never realized that was Polly's bucket, but yeah. So we have Andrew's Christmas and uh, Anne's Christmas gift from Sprig. Her other shoe, a teak, the teak cozy that she got from the mall brawl, 
uh, Sprig's Action Hero Collection, the pen and gives Loggle in all the way back in season one for in to fix the cane. Uh, Hop Pop's actual cane, the dented sword that Anne uses in Reunion in particular, we get a Domino 2 plushie with all the legs, and I just love the look of the rest of the room as well, with like the, all of the plants and the trees growing through everything. It's... There's also the, the teapot from... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I just... It feels like... It feels, it feels familiar without us ever having been here before. And of course, they've got the pictures on the walls of everyone that Anne uh, loves. We've the like Sasha and Marcy parents, the planters, and Domino. Oh, and the computer's like an, an iMac something. I don't know, someone who knows more about older technology. Um, I don't, yeah, one of those really old old Mac, uh, yeah. Apple. Yeah. And so uh, she sits down at the computer and she receives a message from the it, the the new the username was like Gem Deity, right? I think it was uh, Three Stones Deity. Three yeah, Stones it. Deity. Dear, I, I, I'm just wow. <laughs> like I'm still blown away that there's an actual god in Amphibia. Yeah, really that was know. such. A, it was it was such a trippy scene. Uh, yeah, you seriously have no idea what's going on. Like, I I know we we got that shot of her waking up from the promo, but like, still though, like, Christ, we just I I, I was just no, I was, I just kept on saying what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck while I was watching this scene for the first time because I generally had no idea where this was going at all. Oh, also, okay. my favorite part of this scene is just how Anne instantly gets along well with the TV. Like, come on, man, that's just her heart. Like, a, a little god who is probably... Yes, well, given two seconds ago, she basically just killed one as well, or at least a self-proclaimed one. So, yeah, uh, sure, it's going to be too bad. Yeah. What I mean, like it's just yeah, yeah it's nice. like a real god. Yeah, it was nice to see like, and yeah, it's just Anne being herself basically, and it's just <laughs> she was trying to like a stranger over the internet. Yeah, just a, just in a chat, uh, a group chat. It felt very Anne, where she's just really chill about it. I guess she's used to like batshit crazy stuff happening by now. I mean, at this point in time, sh yeah, might as well just run with it. Yeah, she's she's probably also kind of like, she just died, so she's kind of willing to, she's ready to accept anything. Yeah, and then once, uh... It's interesting how the Guardian kind of, like, has, like, it, it has kept an eye on Earth, it, like, it has looked at Earth in the past, but it's probably looking at so many different worlds. It's like the last time it saw Earth was like probably 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. 
and then like there's a lot going on yeah and then like it it refresh it, it changes its form to something more uh comfortable for Anne. and we see Do- we see domino domino 2 and I forgot the name of the editor on the crew, Andy something or Scorini. Like he tweeted out, like that that joke from Adventures in Cat Sitting. Yeah, was completely intentional. <laughs> um, I love the crew for that. I love the crew for that. That was so funny. <laughs> It was, it was just so genuinely hilarious. God. Like, I, I just... The fact... Like, that's... Oh, my mind just keeps getting blown by this show, but... Yeah, dude. I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I remember we, we all originally thought, like... But it was a crack theory. We were all thinking... We all made this crack theory that was related to, like, you know, the night. You know, back, yeah, back before we knew everything about the core and all that. And, yeah, it, it's, it's just funny how that theory, like died came back died and came back and just eventually got related to like this and it's just Jesus. oh uh, thanks chuck adam colas is a uh like reply was like mrs b Anne's back from getting fillings and then hi Anne. like no mom there's no such thing as filler <laughs> <laughs> So good. And can can someone pull up the credits for The Guardian? Because she's voiced by I believe like a Steven it's Universe. The voice character. of Ruby and Steven Universe, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's let me just look up the name real quick. That's all I really know. And it's, yeah, Charlie E. Yeah, some Charlie E. Like Yeah. Yeah, something like that. It, it's such like a yeah. calming, childlike voice. It fits so well. Yeah, and then... Yeah, the Guardian starts talking to Anne, and... Very briefly, we get to see the Guardian's true form. <laughs> and it's... It's just for like a... They immediately cut Anne off while she's like... Talking about how she's seeing weird stuff in Amphibia, and... We get like this, like crazy, like ball of something, and Anne's freaking out, and then just immediately cuts back to Domino form. We got three dominoes this season. We did. This is Domino three. No, this is just Godmino. God, got Domino. Yeah, it's probably God Godamo. I I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna try. Godamo. 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 God. Back to say that is hard. Yeah, to say. I don't know. That, dude, this is just such a crazy finale. Like, imagine explaining this to someone. Like, the main character. Like, so there's this god that's introduced in the final episode that takes the form of the main character's pet. <laughs> like. See, that's just that's just bizarre. I will say, while the introduction of the gem deity is, in many ways, you know, definitionally kind of a Deus Ex Machina, I don't mind it at all because 
the Deus Ex Machina is more rewarding Anne for being a good person instead of like helping her solving out, solving the problem for her. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, the actual origins of the Deus Ex Machina, and what a Deus Ex Machina is, is when the god comes down and solves all the problems. That's not what's happening here. There aren't really problems to solve. Well, there's one. Not like, you know. in term, not like a story. And being dead kind of like isn't a problem, though. Like, it's not a story yeah. issue. As much as it's kind of hilarious someone, to someone, say someone that. Clip that out of I, mean, I would say there's a few minor <laughs> and no longer being alive. I think I can think of a few like little nitpicks I would have had with and ending the show dead. I, I I think for me it just I feel like for me personally I don't really have any complaints with it because it, I don't know they just made it fit so well with Anne's arc that I was just like all right I'll I'll give you this I'll give you this one to me because it's just you know relating this to the fact that Anne has come so far but that, that but she'll still have things to learn no matter what like that's still such a great message to have for the show because you know it's about change and like part of like the the cell line. Like part, part, part of like you know what was going to attract you to Amphibia, which is the idea that these girls are going to blossom to their best selves. But no, too bad, they still have room to grow, and that will still be the constant in their lives. And I don't, I just love that. Yeah, that conversation between oh, before we get into their conversation, uh, yeah, the oh, line sorry. about the line about I'm just a watcher viewer. I'm not in the demographic though. <laughs> That was so funny. It, he he did a few little cameos and cards to the fandom this episode. He did. And yeah, I just I just love this. I know that like there is some discourse about like, oh, this was this should have been foreshadowed and yada yada. I just love this and I love how it it didn't invalidate Anne like and her decisions either. No, it did the opposite, really. Yeah. I mean, I I know we're kind of here to review the episode and stuff, but it, like just taking off my critic glasses for a moment and thinking, I enjoy watching the episode. It did not like obstruct my enjoyment for the god to come in and fix a couple of things, so I think it was fun. Yeah, and... I think if there's yeah, one thing Amphibia has demonstrated is that you can use tropes and like make them good. Yeah, Amphibia doesn't really like when they do comment on on using a trope. They don't really like. They're not really insulting it. They're kind of just. It, it's kind of they kind of acknowledge it, but still like do it well. But they're not really like. Yeah. They, they don't. They're not like cynical about it. Like, like Rick and Morty, where it's like <laughs> talking shit about like about like the writing process at every corner and then thinking I, I think that's, that's exactly it and it's... thinking it's a good substitute for 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 storytelling but that's me, me being no yeah. I, I agree completely amphibia is so genuine about how it uses these tropes yeah like i mean it knows it does the power of friendship thing and it does the power of friendship thing very well and then like Marcy, her arc is like a serious dis- deconstruction of escapism and like the Izakai thing in shows, but it does it all genuinely and it like seriously looks through them. 
Yeah, it doesn't use it as an excuse to just make fun of other stories. And I, I guess before we talk about and like and rejecting uh the Guardian's like job offer, like we had <laughs> the explanation for Anne still being alive is that the Guardian right, has again. a copy of of Anne, but we'll, we'll try not and like Anne said, like there's <laughs> gonna be a little bit of like existential crisis, like existentialism, like later on. But I'll let you guys keep it like brief. I mean, I've already I've already said my piece. Uh, I think Anne is alive. I think this is the same Anne because all we are is a collection of thoughts and memories, and that's all that really matters. I think. I mean, it was. The way it was phrased, like, I saved a backup just before you died, seems like it is a direct copy and not just transferring the consciousness. So I think, I mean, for all functional purposes and intents, she's alive to everyone around her. But I still think that, like, if that original Anne died, and rather than her being, like, given back life, she was simply just copied and pasted to herself, she still ended there, and then a new person with all her memories was born and took her place. Okay, but but what do you mean to herself, though? Like, herself is alive in the new body. I mean, like, her own, like, thoughts and experiences. Like, you right now thinking in your head and stuff. If you were to, like, suddenly drop dead, and then someone took your place with all your exact identical clones and memories, it's not like you would continue experiencing life. That person who is also you would be experiencing it. Your own consciousness would still be discontinued. I think the difference is immaterial, though. I mean, I am I am just a collection of electrochemical reactions in a in a brain. When we get right down to it, if those electrochemical reactions are are in a new body, that's still me. I mean, it would be you, but like your current existence, your current consciousness wouldn't get to experience whatever that other consciousness gets to experience other consciousness gets to experience but which kind of renders I, you dead i i don't i don't see consciousness as like a hard like m- physical thing though your consciousness a, a, a consciousness is just a is just like a, a collection of electrochemical reactions and it's a different collection of electrical chem- electrical the the words you said I mean, they're they're identical, but they're still two different collections of whatever you said. <laughs> anyway, I, like I said, we're not going to get too deep because this is the kind of shit that you could talk about all day. <laughs> yeah, like, agree it's to the disagree. Kind of thing people have, philosophers have talked about for eons. Yes. Yeah. Like I'm I'm of the opinion that it's uh, that the ship is the, that the ship is the ship. It's, it is still the ship of Theseus. All right, so back to what we were talking about. Yeah, I'm just trying to look through some more of the scene right here. Let's see. Yeah, so I guess after they, so I guess after um, what would we call it? Like Domino mentions that they, you know. Made a clone of Anne and stuff, and blah 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 blah. I think yeah, this is when Anne goes into her speech about you know why she's comfortable just 
refusing to take up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's not beat around the bush there. <laughs> sure, sure, and like, saying, yeah. yeah, I'm cool with being dead. Thanks, though. Yeah. But, okay, okay, I, I, I want to focus on a little bit, but I feel like that just speaks to volumes, just how happy Anne was with, like, how she was leading her life, I guess. But, okay, but I, I just want to put that out there. But, like, um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that still, the whole speech scene is just really awesome because it just, I don't know. I mean, like this episode had so many scenes where you could just tell that this, these are the writers just having so much fun thinking about all the development and just themes they set up since day one. And just, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I know Gonmo comes out of nowhere, but it just feels like such a nice final challenge for Anne and just, yeah, I'm in love with this scene. I, I think I think it's really great because it it shows that she really did have no regrets. Like she was given a free ride to just you know, you can either be dead, you can either be dead, or you can have unlimited power. And she had no regrets. She was okay with the choices that she made. Yeah. Did and we, and she just, valued the sake of the universe over her getting to keep existing. Did we talk about the Guardian's explanation for the gems? Oh, the test. Yeah, so like, these gems, like... I'm not sure if the Guardian was 10,000 years old, or the gems were 10,000 years old, but... They were designed the to just were. give unlimited power and see what the mortals would do with it. <laughs> and uh, it didn't end well. I mean... No. I mean, we got A and the planners, but, you know, that after that, it's... Uh, it, it was all kind of downhill. But... <laughs> I mean, as an audience, it's like... I'm equivocating, like, Frog Family to centuries of genocide <laughs> look it's a very important frog family it is it is it's all worth it Tom. it was all worth it like <laughs> when I, if I had the choice if I had the choice to do it all again I would fucking do it it's worth it I don't care <laughs> Nick, <laughs> Nick's unleashing right. his like inner Thanos like <laughs> look right. If uh, I don't care how many planets need to get genocided, I will. I, I will make sure that Anne and her family get to bond. <laughs> I need my But but yeah, like, so uh, I believe Anne was like the first person to like use these powers for in a non-evil way, I guess. And I, I yeah, guess that makes sense, since... I know evil is quite the right word, but in a, like, a non-selfless way. In a selfless way. Selfless yeah, way. In, a, in, a, in a purely selfless way. Right. And I guess that kind of makes sense why... I, I guess the, the most important spell, or the most powerful spell, is, like, you get what you want at the sacrifice... Like, after sacrificing yourself. And that kind of makes sense why someone who isn't selfless, wouldn't 
use the full potential of the stone's power to get what they want, because then... Yeah, because then they they don't get it. Yeah, exactly. And Although that is kind of... That is kind of fucked up because it it makes it sound like the final spell is less a part of using too much of the power and more just like an extra thing that the uh, deity added at the end. And I guess as part of the test. And I think Sunsuri mentioned about the wording of this request. It's like. She's like literally like asking the guardian for like the full extent of its power in this moment in that in that in that moment she used it against the core. And just like the guardian's just like, Yeah, sure, okay. Here you are, job offer. Like that that was your that was your interview. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I think that's a very interesting way of doing it because by like having the spell be you just need to ask, um, you're basically like you have to admit to the stone deity why you want this power. So if someone does it wants you know wants it for not selfish reasons, then I mean for 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 selfish reasons, then I mean the deity can see that. It's also, like, the powers, at least Anne's, like, the heart powers aren't about, like, proving you're the, the strongest or, like, learning magic to do some spell. They're just about, like, genuinely asking for help with something. And then the stones can, or the stone deity can judge if you're worthy or not. Oh, uh, Sticks, you wanted to say something about this, right? Like, let me try and add you in. But yeah, I I really like that's that's why the spell stuff didn't really uh with Mother of Ulm didn't really bother me. Oh, go ahead, Sticks. I just find it so like well okay, first of all, hi everyone. Uh, but I just Hello. So fascinating that like the big secret to like unlocking these ancient uh, magical stones full potential is just it's just asking please let me do this thing because obviously all the other people all, all the ancient newts the uh the, the people who have gone on to become the core obviously they would have never even considered doing that because to them they they wouldn't ever even think that asking is something they should do they would see it as beneath them like request help earnestly no they they take it they make a whole box to like channel the power they um they they make temples to charge and recharge it no all this time really what they would have done it's no guarantee that the deity would have given them the power but really what all they had to do was just say please (laughs) they they never did thank you also, I think it's really interesting because not only is the the, the conquering side of Am- of Amphibia like wrong about how to use it, in a way the Alms were as well because they basically saw it and went, "No, leave it alone. It's too dangerous. It's supposed to be for something else. You best leave it alone." When that's kind of 
really not what they were there for at all. They were intended to be used for good, not just left alone to hidden away in a cave for eons and eons. Exactly. Kind of interesting. Neither, neither, ne- neither side was uh, really understood the stones like Anne did. Yeah, I forgot about what Mother Olm told us in that in that segment about like. I I remember thinking like the stones were just. They did mention there was like a higher purpose. But yeah, the higher purpose was to just use them for good, and that didn't really happen for a lot of the series, or I guess a lot of the the stones creation. In the 10,000 years that they existed. Yeah, and I guess going back to Anne's speech about, like, no one's perfect, and I, I like how, like, she mentioned that, oh, I'm just 13, and if like for every good mistake like every good decision i make there's like a hundred more where i mess up and they they had some like kind of like monkey noise when she's like picking her ear <laughs> wait, really? oh wait i totally missed that let me see that. <laughs> or sorry not mon- maybe her no, rubbing really. her rubbing her fingers like made some really weird noise that like maybe think it was like oh oh yeah 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 not here now yeah yeah, I, don't even, I totally I that. I, I always love moments like these because I don't know. It, it's a good way to remind us that holy shit, dude, she's still a teenage girl who needs to get back to her life. Like it's yeah, she can't be God know, yet. I, I, I don't it's know. yeah, yeah, she's not ready. Seventy-eight more. <laughs> she just has to wait a little while. <laughs> so she'll get that chance soon. Yeah, and just the. Uh... I just love how the moment, like, the Guardian gets, like, so excited when Anne is like, yeah, maybe by the end I'll, I might be interested in this. And then, like, the Guardian's just like, let's go! Let's fucking go! <laughs> I can wait! <laughs> yeah, alright. Yeah, like, it's, like, so, ex- like, they're so excited. It's like, they were about to give, like, a child that they thought was worthy this much power. It's like, imagine what they'd end up by the end. It's like, oh, it's just, it's so like, it's so, it, it feels good. <laughs> it feels good. That that scene where Anne returns to the living, it's like, and it just feels so good. Yeah. And then the guardian reveals, it's like, it's got God, God, Godmano form. And, <laughs> With the three eyes, and it also does like it has the smug expression too, like because I think before then we were so used to just like the cat expressions, but then when it actually gets a little more expressive, it, it it's kind of funny and weird in a good way. Yeah. Ah, God, the nose full. God, I don't know. I love it, dude. <laughs> like starting to pop in like that, but. Uh, oh, it even has like the gems for. I didn't even notice that the first time. Dude, that's just. Like, oh yeah, it's got the gems for oh. eyes. Dude, that's just awesome. Yeah, and then you mentioned that last line about uh, Nick. You mentioned how it's like we find out when <laughs> Anne's gonna die. Yeah, holy <laughs> shit! God, that, well, that was fucked up. Years. Yeah, it was funny, but also like, 
Jesus. Okay. Holy shit. Thanks for giving. <laughs> like, thanks for telling us. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so no, and, and I would not want to know. And doesn't die at like thirty-eight. She dies at ninety-one. But <laughs> okay. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember that. I feel like no one's gonna feel. No one's gonna get that reference like in a year from now, which is which is good. It's but... thirty-seven though. Oh, 30... yeah. It's technically it's thirty-seven. Yeah. I mean. It's it's gonna be on the bottom of the iceberg. <laughs> if anyone ever makes like an obsidian fan of iceberg, that's on the bottom, definitely. <laughs> I'm sure there's already one. Yeah, and then Anne. Oh, so the shot of Anne like going through between realms of existence. Um, like this is what Disney used in their in their final promo. Where like they had they had the Disney Channel like... they had the Disney Channel logo and then like this weird thing behind it. Like Disney just showing us that that as a promo. I, mean, I guess we had no way of knowing what it was, but still, that's weird. Yeah. But yeah, Anne Anne returns to Newtopia and. She's watching everyone mourn her mourn her death, and uh, in in typical Anne fashion, just like wa- walks over and just says, "Hey," or not, "Hey." Like she just makes some joke about it. And, oh my god! Like Hop Hop is just like he's like, <laughs> not now, and we're mourning a great hero. <laughs> like. And then, like, like a- I love how when Hop Up's talking, like, Sprig immediately, like, realizes that she's back, and... Oh, it's... It's such yeah. a good scene. Yeah. It's, it's, it was... Yeah, it was like, just a big, big sigh of relief. And... I also managed to somehow do a good job of incorporating humor into this. Shut up, Anne. We're grieving Anne right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I like how when they go for the group hug, uh, it seems like Frobo learned to, like, not squeeze too tight. <laughs> yeah, because last time, Grimes was missing an arm and he practically almost <laughs> But hey, this time he learned. <laughs> the true Frobo arc, learning how to hug. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, man! Yo! Yeah, and then, and people say Frobo didn't get any character development. Yo, like Fro, like Frobo carried this episode, like carried the finale, like hard. Like <laughs> he he helped out the planners against the herons. He carried like everyone up to the building. Like he he like no question, no hesitation. Like brought Sprig up to the up to the moon. Like yeah, Frobo's awesome. Frobo's a planner. Damn straight. But yeah, I think Frobo could have been used more. Couldn't get. Could have been given more. Like, but he was he was solid in these episodes. He was fun, especially with his new design. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that no, Frobo was good. Yeah, and then we we find out that the Guardian has like gifted Anne some like a, a fraction or slivers of the original gem's power. And it's like fragments of gems, right? 
and they, they don't explain it just yet, but like they kind of just end on them celebrating the day, and Andreas gets the last word for this fight about how it's finally over, and I, I don't know. I'm, there's just something about that. I just love it so much because yeah, it's it's like a thousand years of Andreas torturing himself over like the worst day of his life, and now he's finally free of like those burdens and it's just like it, it doesn't just feel like, like wow the heroes finally won like i don't know i'm just like a big thing is now making so because it's like damn the heroes actually finally fucking won but there's also the fact that just with andreas like it's to him it's finally over those thousands those like that thousand of years of suffering it, it's it's finally done yeah, he's, it, he's finally free of his uh, of his father. And I think we can. I, I think we can go over to the 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 next part. The uh, the hardest thing. The hardest thing part. <laughs> yeah, well, the like, hardest thing is uh, being with, the hardest thing is talking about this second half. Like, I'm not ready, man. Like, it, it it's it cuts to daytime, and Marcy kind of explains how maybe like these gems, since they're like a fraction of the original gems' power, like they don't know how long, they don't know how much power's left, and how long if that portal opens, how long it lasts, and yeah, Hot Pop's the one to bring up that it's like it's time to say goodbye i just yeah, love a- i just love that for hot pop so much that he's i mean we know he's uh had trop you know he's had trauma about having to let people go and now at the very end he's the first one to say that it's time to say goodbye yeah, like oh and i just love the fact that he's not even like it's He's not even like the oldest person there, but he still like stands up as sort of like the person who has to guide everyone into doing the right thing here. Like I just love the fact they gave Hop Hop that chance. You have like Valeriana, like uh, like probably like a god or something. Like I don't know. She doesn't even say a word. She just lets them handle it themselves. And just having Hop Hop be the one, I don't know. It just feels so fulfilling. It does. Yeah, and that's when each of the girls get to have their goodbyes. So first up we have we have Marcy and she's talking to Olivia and Yunan and I I guess who's the biggest Newt fan here, I guess. <laughs> I mean Man, we should get Lemur in to talk about Marcy. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I did love this scene, and I love how they address the fact that Marcy didn't really care about them when she first arrived, beyond as ways to, like, fulfill her isekai fantasy. Oh, Lemur's... Uh, I won't lie. Like, okay. That's, I won't lie. Like, that's usually my favorite part of the scene. Just the fact that, like, they acknowledge that, right? Like, because I feel like Amphibia could have very easily just pretended, oh, well, there's all this off screen bonding they did. But now Amphibia was like, 
None of that ever happened. We're going to play with what we set up in season two. And yeah, I mean, it, even without all that bonding, it still does feel very. I, don't know, I, I guess a part of me still felt emotional somehow with this. Like, oh, yeah, it was absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, Le- Lemur, do you want to. It's, it's sort of like Marcy regretting. I feel like it's Marcy sort of like, I guess, regretting how she spent some. I mean, it's her regretting how she spent some of her time. Yeah, but Nick, I'm I mean, just Nick. I'm just gonna let I'm just gonna let Lemur Nick. get a shot at this. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. I mean, I mean, Nick has just basically said what I was trying to say. It's just like the fact that um, I there 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 is this weird like uh thought that come to my head that made that and it, and it just said to me is the is the weird is the lack of screen time of Unin and Olivia kind of mirrors what Marcy's experience with them all along? And like, I don't know if like I'm I'm pretty sure it's just a coincidence, but that's a pretty big coincidence because yeah, um, uh, Marcy didn't really have a lot of time with uh spent with Yunan and Olivia, and they only spent time with like one episode. And yeah, it sucked because she she would have loved to learn more about them. And like I like I want to learn more about them, but even then, it's just even with the lack of uh bond, even with the lack of time, um, the three of them did manage to bond in a way, and that bond somehow turned into something more which okay i i can accept that yeah sorry <laughs> sorry leave continue <sighs> whatever it's just like i mean i've i've i mean i i'm it's no secret that i'm not the biggest fan of these two characters mainly because i don't really know much about these two enough to actually care in a more deeply personal, I still like these two characters, but just not enough to actually make myself invested in. But regardless, I'm still happy with the outcome that these two got. Back to like kind of. Okay, go ahead, Pickle. I feel like kind of the the thing that's kind of a a larger reason. I mean, it's definitely she did. She didn't get to know them as well as she could have if she hadn't been so caught up in like, a, oh wow, fantasy adventure with my NPCs sort of mindset. But I feel like the person she really did get close to was Andreas, and that's kind of Andreas, part of why. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I know, you know. Yeah. Like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, the uh, Marcy acknowledging uh, Andreas, even if even after everything is kind of nice it's it's the closure to that um to that to that relationship in a way yeah, i'm yeah. i'm glad she didn't yeah, think I, of him yeah but and I, and I don't like and oh sorry go ahead. keep interrupting go ahead uh, I'm, I'm glad she didn't forgive him i'm glad they didn't pretend like that's something you can just so easily forgive someone for even with all the themes of this show being like you know, oh, you you can forgive people, and you, everyone changes, and it's important to accept them. It's like that wound was still fresh, and Marcy 
shouldn't, I don't think, have owed Andreas any sort of forgiveness after that. I mean, forgiveness is never something that's owed. It's kind of if you choose to give it thing. But I think the way they handled it with her kind of accepting and acknowledging that he did try to try to help her in the end, even even after everything he put her through, was just a nice way to commemorate it. And I think... Especially with, like... Oh, go ahead. No, no, you f- go ahead, Pickle. Okay, I just have one last thing. Especially with, like... They don't show it all that much, but between, like, the, like, them having, like, pins from each other up until, like, ten years later, and what we get in the, the theme song takeover, I mean, it was very clear that Free True Colors... Marcy really, really looked up to Andreas, and Andreas was beginning to really care for Marcy, which is the first person, like, in years and years and years. And, you know, even after the stab and everything, he was still that to her at some point, which means, you know, she can't forget either. And I think Andreas, on some level, like, understand, like, un- believes this, and that's what, like, <laughs> that's what that's what's going to haunt him. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and I, and, I, and I won't lie. Like, I, it, it, it's season three did an amazing job of just humanizing Andreas after like they show how much of a monster he truly was in season two, and it just. And I will. I mean, I will say. I mean, and, I, I don't. I, I. I'm happy. I'm just even if he's a. Even what he did was completely awful. I feel like a part of me is just is still happy that he did get this closure because, I mean, I don't know. I guess in a, in his own way, he was tortured for a thousand years, and yeah, that led him to do some generally awful things. That yeah, of course, like was his own choice. But it, it's just the fact that someone who made so many mistakes still gets chances to feel at peace with himself. Like I feel like that's what what I really love about Marcy at least acknowledging him. Like, she doesn't forgive him, but she at least does acknowledge that there was something there between them. And, yeah, I mean, it's just... And Andrews, like, he, you can see by his surprised look, like, he he hated himself for what he did to her, obviously. Like, he regretted it completely. He was com- He was ready to accept Marcy just hating him, despising him. But then she gave him that. She gave him some little bit bit of peace that he never imagined he could still get from anyone. Yeah, it it, it it's really it, it's really astounding how they managed to um how they managed to make us sympathize for Andreas without attempting to redeem him. Yeah, I think they, they walked the tightrope on that. They Perfectly. really did. I mean, they managed it, so good for them. Yeah, and I guess we can go on to... Uh, does anyone else want to talk about Marcy and Olivia, Olivia and Yunnan? I, I think we covered most of it, but... Hey, you Olivia, baby. Let me say that. You Olivia. <laughs> you Olivia. Yeah, we can definitely move on now. No, okay. Yeah, you Olivia. Okay, right thank, thanks, Lemur, for that, but... um. Yeah, like Olivia and Yunet, like I, I like how I, I like that moment where they kind of 
You know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and you know uh, Ethan Harder later on. But yeah, I just, they basically say it outright. I love the send-off that Andreas is getting. I love the fact that he's not dead. Yeah, I was expecting like, him. I was, I was expecting him to die. It's such a good subversion. Like, it, you just so many stories just off the villain because they don't know what to do with them them afterwards. And yet here Andreas is. I mean, the core's gone short, sure, but Andreas is the key villain throughout like ninety nine percent of the show, and he's still alive, and that's impressive. And they show that it's not as simple as just doing one big act and then dying. And then you're redeemed or whatever. You have to actually put in the work to make things better. Yeah, not only is he, like, didn't redeem himself, but he's, like, learning to, like, live for something else. He's farms, maybe he'll meet other people who he didn't hurt and he can actually start a life over with. Yeah, and just learning... And he's and he's learning to love himself. His pose is also really good. Just like you can see how much he's filled with remorse. It's just so visible. It's beautiful. He is a broken man in every sense. He's broken. I feel like, honestly, I I, I feel like because we know in all in, like he he just gave up. Like he was ready to just lay down and die because he. Generally thought that there was like no way for him to start again and start improving again and start living again. And Marcy, you know, gave him that spark. Like she didn't have to, but she did. And I feel like, yeah, that's that's why we, yeah, that that's why he was able to keep going. Like he got that chance. Like Marcy gave him the chance he needed. So uh, it's it's and it's just like they have. It's like one one exchange just. One line from Marcy to Andrews, and one line from Andrews to Marcy, and it says so much. Like, it really does. So much. Yeah, and I think we can go on to the Sasha and Grime, and <laughs> they they start off like they start off serious, but you know it, it just breaks down into a, a cry fest and. I guess Sun Sphere, you can you can talk about this this moment between them. <gasps> it's just ugly crying, and it's beautiful. And what what is there more to say? These two have made such an impact on each other throughout the entire show. It's it's nice seeing them really just let loose and be absolutely ridiculous. And we get the nice nod to Percy and Braddock, and I'm going to talk to them again. It's yeah, I think I agree. It's nice not seeing Percy and Brad appear because it helps send home the no, this was a permanent effect. This some of the things you do won't just leave. And yeah, I like I like the little message that sends by them not being here showing up and saying, yeah. Oh, don't worry, Sasha, we forgive you kind of thing. Because you, that's you not can't how it always works. fix your mistakes. Yeah, it just I I really do feel for people who wanted more with Sasha and Olivia and Yunnan and sorry, Marcy with Olivia and Yunnan and Sasha with like Percy and Braddock just to get that 
that closure. that closure. Yeah. But honestly, you don't always get closure. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and that's and it sucks. It sucks so hard. But I think I I think this choice was a lot more impactful than any other choice they could have made. Yeah, yeah, Sasha. I mean, with with Marcy, we've already been over it, but with Sasha not seeing Percy and Braddock again, you know, she she messed up, and it's not like Percy and Braddock owe her a second chance. Although, you know, it's always nice to give second chances. And it just it adds like a nice level of realism. Amphibia did really well making things feel real. This finale, you don't in the finale with the god cat and the giant moon. Yeah, I know. Saying it after that, you know what I mean. Emotional. Realism. I do. I I I agree completely. It it feels. I mean, we said it before. It feels genuine. Yeah, especially. Also, I gotta say. Oh, oh no! Go uh, ahead. Pickle. I also I gotta. <laughs> okay. I I gotta say, Grime and Sasha's like goodbye was just hilarious and adorable. It's just, yeah, they're all tough. They're like tough guys. They're kind of like bros, but they just kind of break down crying. It's just really funny and feels very them, if that makes sense. I love how Grime ha- how they've gotten to the point where Grime is willing to be so openly vulnerable with someone. When I mean, we saw we saw what he was like in the in the first season. Yeah, I, I just and I love yeah, I love the I guitar like, riff. Is like one of the best parts in the show. Oh, sorry, Nick. Like, yeah, uh, go ahead. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's all I wanted to say. Like, I don't know. Grind just like I. It, it, it's so simple compared to like a lot of the characters because he just just goes from like asshole to down to earth guy pretty much. But it's like I don't know. They 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 have so many scenes that just make it so worth watching him just grow and improve and it's just and then, then this scene like damn like Sasha and Grind just crying it out like unable to even act professional because like come on like you as soon as I saw how this was starting I was like I was like rolling my eyes I was like yeah they would definitely act like this if they had to say goodbye to each other and it's just it's it's so dumb and it just works really well yeah I like how like you, you have the Sasha's theme playing and then when it cuts to grime, like you have like the, it's like that, it's like that guitar solo at the end of a song where it's like super. Yeah. I guess it reminds me of like the last, the last uh, part of we of a, uh, what's that Queen song? Um. Um. Oh, we are the champions. A lot of Queen songs. Sorry. Oh yeah. We are the champions. Like the very, the very end where they're giving the last part of the chorus, and you have like the guitar. Like the guitar solo, like not guitar solo, just the guitar like riffing away at those last like few chords, like <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's just Yeah, it just ends up making us did we we never got a grime theme, which is a little sad. And it just it 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 just bre- it just breaks your heart when you go from this like comedic shot of them embracing to just the planner family just there. This is the one that hurt. This is the one that broke me. Yeah. 
yeah, we just we we start off with like like Anne says goodbye to each of the planners, and you know first. So so first we have we have Anne and Polly, and we we get the we we get the sibling moment where like Anne calls Polly her little sister, and that's it's, it's just it's just perfect. With we we remember you know Pe- uh, Pe- Anne and and Ollie just them. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, go ahead. Who, who, who's please? Oh, what's the name of that episode? Sorry, it's just it's so hard to talk about, man. Go ahead, pickle. What's the What's the name of that? The Lost in Utopia. Yeah, this is yeah. That was it's kind of like a. I don't know. Yeah, that's where the pet thing came from, right? Yeah. It 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 really just it shows you how much. Like, they've become a real family, you know? Like, because, you know, remember back in season one, it's like first, very early on, like, Polly saw Anne as a creature, and then, like, throughout the season, like, you know, before Polly got legs, usually, like, Anne would be, like, carrying her around in her hands. and Yeah. And now here we are. Yeah, I just love how we keep coming back to Polly taking over the world and <laughs> without yeah. without Anne as her moral compass, she probably will and it's all it's, That was that was really funny. That's funny and sweet. It's it's everything and <laughs> And and the goodbye to Hot Pop was just heartbreaking. Yeah, like especially like Hop, like we saw Hop Hop was like the first one to in this episode to bring up the goodbyes, and even last week he always knew this day would come and tried to consult Sprig about it. And I, 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 I... I just love the fact he got he got his his own chance to be emotional because Hop Hop is yeah he's always been the strong one in situations like these because he knows like you know someone has to be the tough one to make sure you know the right thing gets done and yeah here yeah he finally gets to drop that guard and just you know talk to Anne about how much she means to him like just yeah God, yeah and uh, uh and just oh go ahead Sensory. Uh, just, just how Hop Hop says, if you ever need a home cooked meal or your old room back, just drop by. Even though both of them know it's not a possibility, yeah. it's just the continue. It's so, oh, it's so it's heartbreaking. Beautiful, and I'm glad. Ah, ah, <laughs> making me feel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah, like even. Oh, go ahead. I mean, I mean, it's it really is a demonstration of um, how to the very end, uh, Anne will always be family to Hop Hop, no matter what. And I, I love like Anne 
like Anne brings up how like she thanks him for taking her in and how she's grateful to be a planner and I love Hop Hop just you know, we we saw Hop Hop casually bring up how he sees Anne as a granddaughter. And <laughs> just just putting that in there, yeah. Like, yeah, like the scene it wasn't just, a big deal. The scene hammers in the whole Anne is a planter and his family thing here, just to make it hurt even more. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I'm so blessed to have a, gr- a granddaughter like you. Like, oh, man. Like, man, it works so well so because they, they so rarely, they so rarely in the show ever try to, like, you know, remind you that she's a plant. I feel like, yeah, the fact, like, the fact that it's so rarely mentioned that she's, like, you know, like, uh, sister, Polly's sister, uh, like, Hop Hop's granddaughter. Like, I feel like the fact that they so rarely bring it up is just what also just makes the scene have, like, this extra um, oomph to it. Yeah, and, and it also it also just drives home that this really is a goodbye. Like this really is it. Yeah, you can just feel it. Like this is everyone pouring their hearts out because they just know like this is like the last time they're gonna see each other, so they have to make sure it's meaningful. They have like they want them to know just how much they really mean to them and just yeah. It hurts. It hurts yeah. to see. Yeah, it hurts. It hurts to watch this. And then we also, Anne brings up the family always finds each other line from the sleepover, uh, not aquarium. from the day aquarium episode. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think is it. We can. <sighs> We can go yeah, on to. We gotta talk about. We gotta talk about Spriggs. Yeah, I know. It's time, Rook. Rook, you can. I, I know, Rook. You wanted to. Do Do you want to start? Or do you want me to? Do Do you need anything? Do, like we we have while Anne and Hop Hop are in there. Their goodbye, like Anne overhears. She hears Sprig. And Sprig is trying to contain himself. And failing. And failing. Uh, I guess let me let me bring in Rook. Uh, Rook, your mic's muted, but I can't hear you at the moment, but Okay, so <laughs> Sprig man. <laughs> yeah. He was like, he was he, trying so he, hard. It's not to the voice actor. Go he go he ahead, Pixels. So hard for him. Like Yeah. Um Justin Felbinder is that how you say his name? Right? His last name? Felb- he did a really great he did a really great job. With like everything especially like the the crying portion that's weird for me to say and i don't blame people but like i've seen a lot of people do like the most fakest cry ever and it doesn't feel like meaningful but this one in particular is like it felt real you know what i mean 
I, I absolutely right. know what you mean. Eleven out of ten. <laughs> yeah, the crying in amphibia, or at least the important stuff, always feels like way too hard. I mean, he was like grabbing onto the, he was like squeezing the hat. He he really didn't want her to go, but he, it's it her. It really, that's the one that got me, the spray yeah. one. Like that's detailed and just twisting his hat, like like he's twisting his hat, so hard. His hair flowing through the wind, just the music too. Ah, the music, the music in that scene. Ah, it's just, it's just it's one of the best finales ever, in my opinion. It is without without a, even a second of a doubt. It is. Like I, just, I, I just love the fact that Anne was doing like relatively well, right? Like she had some tears falling, but then it, it, it's just once she has to deal with Frig, that's when like can't even hold anymore herself. Yeah, and. We, we kind of guess we get Anne tells Spriggs something similar that he that she told Marcy. Like, except here it's a little more like talking about the world, the world between them, the worlds between them. And uh, what we get one more sprain against the world. The one last sprain against the world, man. I was anticipating that all episode. They said the line. They said the line. Uh, it's it's the last one ever since the true colors. Ever since true colors. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah we haven't gotten it since then. Yeah, it's been been a season. Like I, I know, like last week, I was kind of like going through Sprig's birthday to see if like if there's like one <laughs> snuck in, but no, nope. The, the spread they started oh oh go ahead. Go ahead. i was gonna say they when they first met they said that line and when they're leaving each other they said that line again but this shows how impactful that hello? saying alone means oh hey hey rook oh hello yeah um hey, rook. Hey. yeah hey, rook. How, how you feeling ahead, about this <laughs> just give me a minute all right just give me a minute Okay. To compose, uh, got it. All right, you gotta, um, you gotta compose yourself. Yeah. Busy work. Okay. This ending messed all of us up. Okay, I think we're ready. Okay, so I think I'm ready to give my thoughts out now. So. So first of all, I want to say that I don't want to discredit Top Up and Polly's farewell because because they were so amazing and heartwarming and depressingly well done as they were you really felt like every planter's connection to Anne and you really saw that with how much heartbreak you feel when they say goodbye now with that being said this is the scene that broke me I ugly cried man Uh, especially when Sprig started to squeeze his goggle hat you really felt how much he knew that he could never this was the last time he's ever going to see Anne again. You really felt that. And you were, you, you felt that instant gut that you wanted to cry along with him. Anne and Sprig's friendship is the heart of this show. It's what kick-started this show. It's, it's the show's roots. And this scene was just a gut puncher for me. 
Springing Ants crying and knowing what has to happen next felt so real. And it wouldn't have hit this hard if we didn't see their friendship all the way through this entire show throughout all three seasons. When we first saw them in Ann or Beast, they were complete strangers to each other. Like, Shrig saw her as a beast. And we've seen their development from beginning to end, from them becoming friends and then becoming best friends, to them becoming the most important people to the world to each other. We saw that all the way through. We've seen them vent to each other about how they felt about their parents. You saw Anne throwing a big party for him on Sprig's birthday. You've seen them have fun throughout many episodes. And now, now that we're at the tail end, we're left with this consequence that they'll never see each other again. All they'll have to rely on is their memories and their eternal love for each other, as well as Anne's one, which she does give to her. They will, they said, and Anne said this, like, they will never forget each other. To the death, no matter how many worlds apart they are, or how many years go by. I can't stress enough how much build-up this moment had to make for it to be such a tearjerker. Because this is the main friendship of the show. And this is everything that the ending and how emotional it gets, it's built upon. It's just amazing, it's stellar, it's well thought out, but at the same time, it's just heart-wrenching for us fans, especially for those who really paid attention to this friendship. It just, God, it crushes your soul. So yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. I love this scene so much, and it gets ran against the world. Beautifully said. Yeah, th- well thank, thank you, Rook. Oh my God. Yeah, um... Really uh, beautifully warded. Yeah, like, we, we get that... Yeah, the, the players embrace again, and we we get that moment with the girl. Like each of the girls, like have have a bit more time with the people they've met in this world, and then uh, Valeriana like comes over and kind of gives the gives the look that it, it's time, and you know we get that. That portal opens up one last time. They, right before the girls are about to walk in, they they give their, they they give a bow for this show. Yeah, I love the bow. That was so good. It, just, yeah. it yeah. ends home. The finality of everything. You see that yeah. bow, and you go, "It's done. This is happening. This is, this is the it's end." Cool. And. They said their goodbyes to all the amphibians, and that was it their goodbye to the audience. Yeah, that yeah, bow was for us. As a, yeah, well, that bow was for us. And God. Gave me, have any of you watched the Truman Show? It kind of gave me those vibes. Yeah, yeah, it, it had had a bit of a Truman Show vibe to it. Yeah. It's, I, honestly, I don't think I don't even think it's the hardest uh, moment of the entire episode. It's it's the one afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah just, just that bow, like just that bow, just it, it, it's it's perfect. Like I don't know who came up with the idea, but thank you for doing that. That's like it's such a grand way to tell us that it really is over. Yeah, and then just uh, like j- just before Anne walks into the portal, um. 
Sprigs Sprigs there one last time, and uh, you get that last like beautifully animated shot of uh, just them hugging and. The lighting was beautiful too in that scene because it was right next to the portal, and like yeah. every God, just the show. Oh. Oh, fuck. In, incredible yeah. animation. This show it does things to you. It hurts so much to rewatch that scene. It hurts so much. <laughs> it's so beautiful. <laughs> we're, we're welcome to the Pancast, everybody. Um, <laughs> I'm just scared to rewatch it where the stakes straight against the world. Oh yeah, it's rewatching this show is gonna be tough because <laughs> season one, guys. Season, season one, four, season basically. one is gonna be so hard to watch. <laughs> God, rewatching and re- they see the light. I'm gonna burst, burst tears. I'm gonna burst out tears. Like, <laughs> every time I see Spran, I, every time I see Sprig on screen, I'm gonna think about that final frame, which we're gonna get to it later. I think basically when I do rewatches, I'm just gonna skip like. The, the second half of the hardest thing, just like, yeah, no, we don't, we don't need to ugly cry again. I don't want to deal with that. Just <laughs> you want an edited, you want an edited version of like, of the beginning of the end, all in, and the hardest thing being compiled into one video. But you yeah. just top off the part where the hardest thing ends. <laughs> you know just have the, just have the show end before the credits of uh before the all in credits of uh all in there you go no 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 you have the you have the show end where then gets sent back to life and that's just it this is the end everybody you should just play the clip where the the music box disintegrates and valeriana's hands backwards and just be like oh wow it it, it unbroke itself <laughs> guys this is crazy oh, wow, wow very convenient yeah so wow you know that was a that was a, that was a rough battle but we all learned things i think i think i think we're gonna remember this for as long as we live our lives together as a family and there's that shot of the the single leaf falling back onto the ground after the portal closes. <laughs> and then like like you guys mentioned, like the box just disintegrates. Like it's finally Yeah, I Yeah, sorry about that. Well, what are you guys thought thought about that? What do you mean? What about the box disintegrating along with the gems? Yeah, we're we're just about to talk about it. Yeah, I'm just gonna ask. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. And uh, yeah, so I guess like we we've seen. I know this is probably just like a dramatic thing because we we've seen the the gems weren't necessarily like their power wasn't like used up. It was just like transferred. So maybe that's why the box was still okay, but. Here it's just like, yeah, I, I don't know what happens to the box. I guess just for the sake of the story, it's just like the gems are done. There's nothing left. It's it's time for the box to go too. But yeah, it's it's the end of that chapter of Amphibia. Yeah, they're saying very strongly, no more box, no more portals. Yeah. 
the box so. disintegrating is is at least partially Matt slapping up a giant sign saying no more portals. Okay. Yeah, it kind of is. I feel like. Yeah, and then so, and then we I... get that what that what now moment with Hop Pop and yeah. you know him like Olivia like mentions rebuilding and then Grime about the unity like it's a new age for Amphibia and it is what were you what were sorry what were you gonna say Lamer? Oh, I was gonna, I was, I was gonna say like the box disintegrating is more like symbolism instead of like actual, um, like direct, direct link to the gems. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you you know that I'm a filthy doyless, so that's how I see it. Okay. And. Just before we, just before the seed ends, we get that 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 Bali gets the last word or gets that moment where, just a single strand of hair like bursts out of her head. Yeah, that that that, that was like the uplifting moment we needed. Like I'm I'm so happy to give us that. Like in the moment, I was like wondering like what why, and then like once we once we get there, I was like oh, okay, like oh, extends. I, I guess. Yeah, I guess we can go into the the time skip. I think I think oh, we're ready. Christ. Yeah. Oh, Christ. I've Jesus. got so much to talk about here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like we get I'll that try, I'll try to contain myself. We cried again, by the way, in this scene, the time skip scene. So <laughs> Yeah, so I like how it's the they start off with the transition of like Amphibia net right now, all barren factories polluting the sky and then you you hear that like that banjo playing in the background and everything switches to like this blush green and with like the looks like domino some other killer moths flying by and and then when we first when i first saw that 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 hammer like barrel barrel warhammer like go down I was like, okay, maybe it's Grime. And then you see it's Andreas. Yeah. Yes. I dun, think dun, dun. this is such a powerful moment here and is really, really settles things, I think, in a nice way. Just like, yeah. Andreas making reparations in the very obviously slow and arduous process. And also, there's Triple B there, by the way. Yeah, that's right, too. I like yeah. I like him using Barrel's Warhammer as a tool here because it also sells the the war is over. There's no use for these things anymore. We it's, can settle it's, it's, and be peaceful. It's the classic. It's the classic plows to. Uh, it's, it's the classic sh- swords to plowshares motif. Yeah, and it it really is just such the per- such a perfect end for his arc. Like the East. Yeah, but he was in shackles. Yeah, I, I, just, I just love how content he looks. Like he's like, he, he looks. Yeah, sure. He's gonna spend the rest of his, uh, the rest of his life sort of making up for all the tragedies he caused. But like, I don't know. I, I, I do. He has a beard. He has a beard. Yeah, he has <laughs> beards longer. His, his eyes. Leave. His eyes are grayed out. Yeah. He he's he, got... he finally he finally accepted mortality. 
Yeah, I suppose he's, he's like, just oh. his like yeah. his metal body's gonna slowly deteriorate, so he has he actual looked, more talent going on. He looked up and said, it's, "Damn, I did that shit." <laughs> it's one. I'm so I'm so glad because and I wasn't expecting to think that, but I am so glad that they didn't wind up killing him off, even though I thought that's what they were gonna do, and I was glad they were. Also, but Andrews they didn't, has... and it worked. Oh. Yeah. Also, Andreas now has leaves in his hair. I wonder who he's copying off of. That this oh, person may have been a foil for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he also oh, has Marcy's little gizmo that she gave him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right out. yeah. And and Leaf's little thing. Like I love how like and like you, you the influence of other people. Like you can see that on Andreas throughout the series and how that where that's gotten him. Yeah. Andreas ended up having three of the most important people in his life back in some sort of way. Yeah. And... We, uh... oh, oh, no, go ahead, PC. No, I was just like, and then... Oh, like... like and then, then we uh, see the uh, triple beads with him. Yeah, so uh, I'm not entirely sure what... Like, I know he's doing, like... Pen, like it's penance or something, but like he has chains, but he's not chained up to anything. But Triple B is there, and they're kind of chained, so chained up. I guess because they worked with him, they're also having to replant Amphibia. Yeah, because be like... go ahead. Yeah, because because they were all you know fighting for the bad side, so they get they have to pay reparations as well. It's like a thing. I, uh, I think the chains. I, I think are there more as a symbol than as a yeah? This is actual restraints. Yeah. I th- it, also, it also show it also shows like what happens to all the um, all the people who fought for Andreas in the war. Like yeah, they're they're doing their best to make amends as well. You know those those analysts ended up doing field work in the end. Ah! Uh, <laughs> uh, how long have you been sitting on that one? Oh, <laughs> so long! <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Your ass. Yes. I think waiting. Hold him together because he's like kind of a a rusty bucket at this point. Mm-hmm. But I guess we can go uh, to. There's a, there's just something about seeing him with a smile and the fact that. Like sure he's 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 gonna be doing this probably the rest of his life, but like I I just love the fact that he's found peace and he's found he's, something that he can feel committed to without pain, right? Without feeling like guilt, shame, hate. Like instead, he's working to rebuild Amphibia, and that's yeah, that, that that's gonna make. I feel like that's a great conclusion for him. After a thousand years, he's finally doing something right. Yeah, like he's, he's finally making a difference for the better. Yeah, he's using his power for good. <laughs> it's like leave action too. Like it's. And he's oh, not it. doing it for validation of anybody else. He's no, doing it. He's... he's doing it to be proud of himself. Because, like, if he wanted to escape, he could. He's he's still a giant cyborg king. He could, but he's not. He's he's just doing it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, and I, I guess it's time to go to the the next the next part of this epilogue where 
we get the recreation of the very first scene of the series ah, where Jesus. I guess right before that we get the so we, we get cool. one more we get one more guy on the dragonfly joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I like this now. Even he learned a lesson mind. about change. Honestly, yeah. that joke is really great because it also sells the yo, this world is more peaceful than it used to be. Like even the animals are nicer. And this guy who gets keeps on getting carried away. You know what? It's not so bad anymore. He's not being eaten. Yeah. And he, he learned to accept the change in his life. Which was being, you know, carried, you know. <laughs> being carried, not eaten. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what their story is. Like, how Because did... <laughs> I'm assuming he gets to come down, but... No. Yeah, but not for long. <sighs> yeah, so... No, he never comes down. He's up there forever. Yeah, and then that's when we get, like, the Wally leaving Stumpies. And I guess the difference is night and day. Literally, <laughs> because, uh, <laughs> um, well, I think Stumpy's, yeah, like Stumpy well, has Stumpy's is just nicer because, yeah, because Anne picks it up that one time, right? And, and also, and... Stumpy's is now serving Thai tea pancakes, yes, with yes, mm. love seeing those influences around, and then Wally, She's still, yeah, oh, go ahead, PC. No, I'm saying, like, her influence, like, is still affecting stuff as, like, just intrinsic as Stumpy's. Yeah, like, uh, that, 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 and it, we'll get into that later, but it does play into the theme they were trying to sell to us at the end, right? Like, that, that message, but, yeah, we, 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 we'll, we'll get back to it later. I don't know, like, yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah, like, Wally walks out with his lush hair, and they, they mention a ceremony, and then, this time, instead of like falling over in in the off screen, he he bumps into uh, <laughs> like right when ah. right when you see right when you see that that bow, you know it's coming up, and we get to see yeah, uh, we get to see like old, older Polly, Polly, and that Polly, redesign. Man. Oh man, it's like yeah. yeah, I love I love yeah. old Polly. It looks almost exactly yeah. like an old Polly design that was floating around the fandom for a while. Yeah, the very and yeah, the, the oldest one I could remember had like the overalls and like the the untied hair and the bow and Yeah, I, I don't think but... she's taller than Sprig though, which is unfortunate. I really wanted Polly to be taller than Sprig. Yeah, yeah Sprig is like a tiny amount taller. Well, she's still like a lot younger than him. True. I I think hello. Uh, I think Polly's is built different. I think that I think that uh old uh the the old Polly design that we saw now was actually based on that old fan art that Tom said because I think I think the fan artist actually became a member of the crew. Oh, that's cool. I was gonna oh, say like, wait a second, isn't that not allowed? Yeah, 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 yeah. Were they credited? Yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, they were huh. credited. Yeah. Well, we should. Well, wow. Well, there you go. Oh, that's that's great. And but yeah. except instead of a mace, this time she has the wrench, and she's got the ban the bandages like from probably all <laughs> all her injuries while working and looking like a. I really love how they 
how they embraced smart Polly. Yeah, she's now like a an engineer Sonic Boom looking <laughs> character. Yeah. And they like it, it really kind of makes it clear that the person you are as a kid is not the kind of person that you'll be as an adult, which is also relevant. And also, but Polly's still a kid though. Like she's going to change even more and Exactly. She, and she oh, I like how she has but like the one is... glove for work and Yeah. It just it shows that people change. But yeah, like even in this just one shot mirroring mirroring the very beginning it shows a lot of differences we've got nice stumpies we've got when when he trips over something they kind of laugh with him instead of at him and you know before yet while he was kind of just like the the creepy weirdo and now they kind of i mean he's still the creepy weirdo but they all love him and he has like an actual friend instead of just bumping into a monster he bumps into like someone he knows and obviously polly has legs and whole body yeah polly has a body now and Wally's like taking off his hat to people, and we see his wonderful yeah. hair that we never got he's to see before. Yeah, he's not hiding his. He's not hiding parts of himself anymore. Yeah, and then because Anne taught him not to. Yeah, and then we we get Paul. Like Polly is like the connective. Polly's the thing that kind of like connects all these like different scenes together as she walks to as she runs to the planner home and we get oh, yeah we get this oh, before just as a side note we also get the bog and the boys moving in service oh right yeah the, uh, little, yes. for the tax collectors yeah remember when we thought <laughs> total redemption would have the bog return but you know we we still got it with jacinda jacinda is also mentioned in that sign but Oh, was she? I missed that. Yeah, like, she kind of, like, runs their business, I guess. Alright. Okay, so Charlie Nagelhout. She's our, the, the artist? Yeah. And that's amazing. Yeah, I, I, I love that. Because I remember, I remember just seeing that art such a long time ago, and I was like, dude, that'd be so cool if Polly ended up looking like that, and boom. And there yeah, you that's, are. That's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, we get to see we get to see Maggie and her sisters. They have their own little Ma- Ma- Maddie. It's not Maggie, Maggie. Oh my god, Maddie. Maddie, Maddie. has her <laughs> Maggie. Sorry, Maddie has her. Oh, yum. Yo, no. Maggie, but come back. No, I'm disappointed. Yo. Character the whole time. Yo. <laughs> yeah, this sorry. Oh uh, yeah, I remember. I remember that episode, Marcy and Maggie. Great episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, Garrett. so Maddie has her own little potions hut. Her own little witch hut beside the bakery. <laughs> I mean, it's a diver. It's diverse products for their family business. It's like, yeah. And uh, Mrs. Croker, like really? you hear, like the same the musical. It's the same music from uh, Hop, Pop, and Lock. Yeah, I won't lie. I'm re- I'm very glad Miss Croker's still alive because <laughs> I would not have given her great chances. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't been that long, right? In the in the yeah. Warwood like, at least. Look, Miss Croker's old, though. Yeah, Logel mentions that like she looked the same when he was young. 
Miss Croker's actually the eyes of the god just watching over that town. Oh my god. Wait, so why does she have sexy pictures then? <laughs> what? Where are you going with this? It's it's all part of her super complicated backstory. You know, she met a god, fought a couple of other gods. Now she's just hiding. Croker the so, god killer. You're telling me. <laughs> so you're telling me that uh, Mrs. Croker is actually Kratos. Mrs. Croker is the all three of the stars. <laughs> that makes sense. Cal- okay. Calamity Croker. Okay, I'll, I'll leave you alone to that. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, like where were where were we? Uh, Polly was going around seeing people. Yeah, she just walked. She just ran by Maddie's hut, and uh, we get to see Loggle and poor Loggle lost his, his gra- gains. lost his gains. Shouldn't have taken that yeah. cheat day. M- moment of silence, but everyone. No, gonna... m- moment of silence. <laughs> moment of silence. I will. I will miss Buff Loggle. Wait, hold on. Moment of silence for Loggle's gains. Rest in peace. Okay, moment is passed. Um. <laughs> okay. The hardest thing could have been a 10 out of 10, but then he had to pull this, so unfortunately... Uh, this honestly ruined the series for me. Yeah, <laughs> the show sucks. Everything was great until they took away Loggle's gains. The show sucks. Zero out of 10. Yeah, sorry, Matt. Matt, you feed... Yeah, I don't know, don't worry, don't now. worry. They're going to address Loggle losing his gains in the next episode. Oh, that's what they've always done. It's always happened. Don't worry. Yeah, you don't need to true. worry about this. That every single time Season something bad has happened, the next episode addresses it really well. You know, don't You're worry, right. don't worry, don't worry. I forgot about that. Thank you for, thank you for, thank you for reminding me. Thanks, son. Thank you, man. Thanks for reminding me. You're welcome. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know what you do without... I don't, I don't know well, what you do without, uh, you, uh, without you keeping uh, our, our heads on straight. Yeah. Send you're the man. I guess so. Continue on with this epilogue. Like, we, we're we get... going through the stages of grief right now. Holy crap. yeah! <laughs> <laughs> we're going through all the stages of grief about Loggle's gains. Oh my god! Yeah, so we got Joe, Joe Sparrow arrives to Wartwood with uh, Olivia, <laughs> Yunan, and Grime, and uh, with their baby. <laughs> Yeah. Jones. Yeah. So Joe. The spawn of the devil. Bessie is not a devil. She is Hold a on, not, yet, not yet. Not yet. We've got to talk about like grime growing a beard and it looking. Beard good. grime is back, baby. No. Beard Woo! grime is back. Yo. I'm so proud of him. But uh, yeah, and and Toady Toady's the mayor of Wartwood now. Yeah. I love his monocle. I think, I think that's very notable because it's like, isn't that the first time that a frog actually became like a political figure yes. in Amphibia? He is the first yeah. frog mayor. He's the yeah. first frog mayor of Hortwood. He looks great too. Guys, <laughs> hair and all that stuff. Wait, isn't Tony? A, I thought here, here. I thought Tony was a toad. He said Tony's a no, frog. No, Tony's a frog. Tony's a frog. Don't, we still oh, know why he's a frog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really? Uh-huh. Wait, when did they come? Yeah. No, you can tell because of his frogs and toads have different anatomy. Toads have like the weird like uh, uh, frogs and toads have like different kind of eye setups. 
Also, they called him a frog a few times. Oh, did they? His mm-hmm. name is just Toadie for the pun. Oh, oh. No, I guess I'm not. Nick, yeah. Nick is uh, devastated by this fact. Damn, Nick. Damn. So, hey, Cody yeah. made history, so hey, good for him. <laughs> like think, yeah, and and then also we get that moan with the uh, Olivia, where yeah, yeah. yo Olivia. Uh, yeah, they they're talking about Olivia. they're talking about settling down. Yeah, man, they look crazy. Yeah, uh, I love the new designs too. Yeah, I know of uh, Yunnan's uh, dress is based off something. Yeah, that's I what I was thinking know. too. Like, I'm trying to look up. It's based on something. I looked at too. Looked up too, and like I couldn't find it. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, it's based on something. Yeah, okay. that's what I'm saying. Like it's recognizable. I think it's like some love movie or some crap. Probably. Okay, nothing from the Princess know. Bride. Let me check. <laughs> you just we gotta all check to... all movies. Yeah, not all. Yeah, just check it. Just <laughs> check all movies, starting with The Princess Bride, of course. Maybe Jack Sparrow. No, that's. I doubt it. We'll, we'll have to ask. It should be so. It should be simple. It should be Probably simple. Should be I'm sure you'll remember as soon as the podcast ends. But uh. Anyway, so we do. We we see them arrive. Uh. Olivia calls Yunnan sweetheart, which is mm, yes. I just wish I wish you Dan got to finish that that quote one last time. Yeah, um, I was really hoping she was. Yeah, damn it, Olivia, why do you keep interrupting her? Like <laughs> it's funny when she says it. But uh, Look, clearly the finale is all about taking away things we love. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, versus. Oh my god, I can't believe it. Could have been a 10 out of 10, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, and then... And then Polly, like, arrives to the planter farm, and Frobo and Michelangelo are there tending the crops, and Frobo's got his little farmer hat. It's also... Also, Hop Pop actually got his avocado farm. Yep. He did. And he's just yeah. he's just chilling chilling with uh, Sylvia and I like Finally how gets to relax for a bit. Yeah, I like how Frobo went from like War Machine to I, I guess Big Pharma <laughs> once once he like once they build their empire. <laughs> he's gonna be so rich. Yeah, but yeah, Frobo is like another example of the whole swords to plowshares thing. That has been very prominent in this finale. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's a ceremony about to start, and Sprig's in his usual spot, and we see we see Sprig in the basement. Like he's, it seems like he's documenting everything that's that. That... He's making. He, I think he's he's adding. Is he adding on to the journal, or is he making a new journal? Well, I think he's adding it's on. It's a it's a new journal, I think, because it's a it's, the book's a lot thicker. Mm. And and we see Sprigg's design like uh he he's grown out his hair a little bit more, and it's got a red bandana, and it kind of rem- reminds me of his original design. He was meant to have one. Oh yeah. 
I think weed. the red bandana might be oh, from it was weed. It yeah. was weed. Weed. I mean, I, but, I'll, I'll admit, I, I loved this. Um, but for Sprig, Sprig getting Sprig's redesign, it felt like a little. I would have liked a little bit more. I lo- I still loved it, but it just felt like Sprig, but with slightly longer hair. I think it's because we were like so shocked by like, because Polly was just a ball, so like her redesign yeah. kind of like set the bar. That's fair. And it's only been like I don't know. I mean, there's not a set time, but it's not. It has. It hasn't been that long. Yeah, it hasn't been well, the ten it's years. Been at least a. Co- it's been at least a couple years though. But I think it could have just been like a few months to make a statue for Anne. I don't know. I'm look. I'm look. Uh, that seems very fast, considering how far out Andreas's beard has grown, and like Grimes, and I guess it could just be a couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't give us a time. We don't need an exact time anyway. Yeah, and then they all head out to the ceremony. And it's revealed to be. A statue dedicated to Anne, and the the, uh, the plaque says, "Like Anne Boonchoy, we we miss you, girl." We miss you, girl. And uh, you know, uh, Sprig gets ambushed by Ivy, and she has like a red. She has the red sunstone or sun shell, yeah, around her cape and. I like how they kind of kept the same color from her hat on on the cape now, and yeah. About the the statue itself, and this is so this so this started with uh, ironic Loggle love, but we're gonna go into some legitimate Loggle love. When Loggle first made the statue, he made it out of wood because you know he doesn't work in metal anymore after the accident. But for Anne, he made it out of metal, and I just love that. Wait, is it metal or stone? I thought... I thought it was metal. It's it metal. was shiny. It is metal. It is metal. And I love how even with tiny... In t- so many tiny little ways, Anne's influence is still making Wartwood better. It's just the effect of a good leader. Like, someone you... Someone... Well, you have someone that is, like worth believing on like yeah you, you could definitely see um the effects that she had that, that they have on people and and is someone worth worth believing on yeah like like just like i just love the fact that even if out and there like just, just like the love experiences the memories and shit like you know that's still present that's still a beating heart of amphibia like it's still there just yeah, like she said to be there it's it's not it's not about her being there. It's about the things she left behind. And it's, yeah. it's very quick, but each of the players have like a different expression when they reveal that that statue. Up up's Pop face. Up sad. Aww. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Polly was Polly's like proud. And yeah. Sprig is and kind of proud too. I think. Uh, Sprig is reminiscent, I think. Yeah, he, Sprig's reminiscent. Yeah, Sprig looks yeah. somewhere between. Mm. 
and then you know when Ivy arrives, like she bring she mentions that Grime, or I guess everyone at Newtopia, wherever they're ruling from now, they discovered like a new continent that's been undiscovered, and Reptilia spinoff. Let's go. Because the pair, because with the moon gone, the tides are also gone, and potentially that opened up some new lands that were. Uh, underwater before the moon exploded. I mean, that's not exactly what happened, but yeah, that's an interesting. But like, you know, it's it's a possibility, as I'm saying. But uh, yeah, and then yeah, Ivy asks Sprig if he's down for another adventure, and then he just gives that one last look at Anne. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really <sighs> there's something like. I can't really put it into words, but there is something really powerful about, like, this story is about how Newtopia conquered other worlds to find new stuff when there was something new that they'd never seen before right here the entire time, and they just never bothered to look for it. Like, I, I imagine I mean, as, like... Really... Oh, go ahead, Pickle. We don't really know if they knew about it. Or not, we don't really know the circumstances surrounding how this this new continent even came to be in the first place. But I do think that the point is like important that they were they were looking so far. They're like, we gotta conquer other worlds. They forgot about like the adventures they could have within the unexplored parts of Amphibia, or within the like within the world itself. Yeah, it's just it's extremely powerful for me, at least. And I, I, I know. Mean, oh, go ahead, Pickle. It's mostly about like how much you care about it, because all the frogs now, like Spring and Ivy, they really care about amphibia, and that's something the the ancient newts never did. No, it's definitely something the core never did. Oh yeah. And I I know it's a generic pose for the statue, but like I like how Anne's kind of like pointing. She's kind of like a compass for them. Yeah. But yeah, just that last shot of Sprig looking back at Anne. Like I just like I, I just love how they all just look up to that statue because it's like Anne's still, you know, watching over them, just being kind of them. I. I just keep thinking about what will the future generations of Warford will think about and like I mean, I, mean, I think Sprig's gonna record have recorded all their adventures. Yeah. Like, that yeah. phone is still on since like for ten years. Well they, they probably went yeah. to the, the zapping zap beats. Yeah. yeah, they can just zap beat it. Plus Polly's yeah. smart. She can probably figure out a way to charge it. That- yeah, and they probably have advanced technology now since uh, all the everyone's like grouped, united, united as one. So, Plant- yeah, I, I don't. Planters are gonna be really rich after this. God. Yeah, like even bef- like- even during the series, like the planters were already like in a. Even though they were like outcasts, they were still like deeply rooted. In the history of this world, and and that, that's just going to continue now. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, because like without 
yeah, without Andreas now, the planters can now finally uh can finally go ahead and ex and influence the world like how Leaf did. Yeah, and uh before anything else for the Wartwood epilogue before we go into the earth stuff. It's this place, man. Okay. A, I mean, it's 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 our last time of war with him. I mean, you know, it was an amazing send off. It was a really heartfelt one. Like, just it, it was a good way to see them off. Yeah, yeah. It was really good to see that Anne's influence is still there with them. Yeah, I, and then honestly, I would have, I would have liked to see some of the influences that the other two girls had, but I know that's not important. When I, but and what we got is already great, so I'm not really complaining. Yeah, at least at least Grime and Olivia and Yuna were able to like they they at least got them into Attend the ceremony. Yeah, yeah, just to yeah, yeah we got which, that, which is something that they would never do originally. Well, willingly, of course. Like, right, and then I guess we can go into the Earth stuff. Um, I'm so excited yeah. for this part. <laughs> like, yeah, like so. Sasha's picking up Marcy from the airport, and it's been ten years since the events of uh, Frog Vasion. The joke. Which might may or may not have been a hoax. That's 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 very that's very relevant to uh that's very relevant, I would say. Yeah, and then frogs, uh, frogs can't melt steel beams and all that. Right. <laughs> yeah, so Sasha and Marcy reunite. They catch up a bit and I guess Before we continue, there's like a little joke. Marcy at the gates. Oh my god, bro. What the fuck? I love that oh, so much. Oh my god, I never realized that. Pixels, you monster. <laughs> Marcy is Mar at the gate. The gate. Yes. The gate. Oh, monster. <laughs> oh my god. We also get like actual long drawn out Sasha and Marcy interaction. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yeah. I guess oh, like I guess Sunsphere, uh you can talk about what Sasha's doing now. Well as you've noticed oh oh right, yeah, just like going into a psych seems very much like checks out with kind of her growth and the personal her acknowledgement that I've been through exactly the kind of things that I want to help people go through. Like, she wants to pay it forward eff effectively what Anne has done for her. And I like that. Also, I enjoy the hair and sword patches that she's got around the place. Yeah, like that's some sort of like logo now. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sasha, yeah. I, I guess she started something that uses those swords. As a logo, I'm unclear, but I love it. Oh, I, I think at least part of it is just she's keeping it as a memento. 
We also see a little sticker of the guitar she uses in um, Battle of the Bands as well. And, of course, the little by heart there. And Matt confirmed it! (laughs) Yeah, it's it's subtle, but it's, like, nice, and it it checks out, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just nice to see more than anything else. I just... I just love Sasha being a psychologist slash therapist, so like child helper, because it's like it's so perfect for her character arc from being a selfish dick. Oh, yeah, a selfish <laughs> jerk to you know no, no, someone who is selfish dick still works. <laughs> that still works. Like, still works. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I I don't. I I wanna. I wanna say something that doesn't buy. Uh, doesn't really. Isn't vulgar. But yeah, it's like from being selfish <laughs> to being helpful. Let's. It's 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 honestly perfect for her. And like yeah. considering her VA, yeah, also perfect. It's just it just it just it just comes full circle. Yeah, I think back in an AMA, like someone asked about Sasha's like orientation and. Uh, like Matt mentioned, it would be like addressing in some way, but I think people were kind of like we were all kind of like unsure how that would translate to the show. But we get. She, a, she, I'm just. He just said, "Stay tuned." Yeah, and, and I, there we go. Yeah, and honestly, I'm also kind of glad that it's that her being bi is just a neat uh, info about her. It's not her defining trait. But it's just something that is very neat to know about. Yeah, and uh, it's just part of who she is. I, I also, yeah. if if we're gonna be, are we talking about like just that whole conversation on the drive back? I was just going to bring up like Marcy also had some little like mementos on her bag, but yeah, like oh, man, oh we... Marcy stands Bakugo, which is pretty cringe. What the yeah. fuck, Marcy? That's, why? That's kind of <laughs> <crazy>. <laughs> the whole year again. Sorry, Marcy. <laughs> I love you. But development not an instant. Like, uh, oh, what happened? Oh, Adam, Adam Cole is a Bakugo shipper. Oh no, it's fine. Yeah. Oh right. uh, man, but I mean, this this it, it's just really heartwarming. Like, I, I I love the fact that Marcy still hasn't like gotten over being classy. Like, she's still tripped before she gave Sasha a hug. Like, that no, was just really nice. Which is also she's yeah, still Marcy. I also just yeah, love like, that even after. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, pickle. Oh, sorry. I think they just do a good job. You you see the characters for like two seconds, and you kind of get. 90% of what's changed and 90% of what stayed the same just right there. Just like from what they look like and from how they like say hello to each other. Yeah, and uh I guess Marcy's also working on a web comic. A web comic? Yeah. yeah. Yes. And, and I Oh, go ahead, PC. Okay, I mean, no, I just... Uh, you go You go ahead first, Nick. All right, I mean, uh, I, honestly, I was just going to say, like, it's such a nice detail that, like, um, Saucy, you know, like, asked her about the webcomics and that mentioned that she read it. Like, it, it shows that she's putting more effort, um, you know, to actually, like, enjoy this stuff that Mars is into, right? And I, I just thought that was really nice. 
yeah to, to, to care about what other people care about yeah, yeah. I, I also I, just love that even after everything that has happened with Amphibia, she never really let go of her interests. That's and that's one of the things that I am actually worried about is that if Amphibia changed her too much, but I'm happy that they actually that she actually stayed the same. Well, not really the same, but you know, a little different. Yeah, and I just, then I think it's. Um... I just really like personally how like we all thought that Marcy would go on to be like some scientist that solves world hunger. Like even the show <laughs> said that. And at the end of the day, Marcy is still, you know, Mar Marcy is just kind of doing her own thing. She's not some crazy famous scientist like we all thought she would be. <laughs> I, I was like, so I, I love that. I, like... I love that. Yeah, I was just so ready for it to be like a, like a Harvard alumni or something. <laughs> like the grass, like I was so ready for all that for Marcy. But I, was, I love this too. It's just like she's still like yeah, she made big mistakes, but that doesn't mean that she shouldn't be able to like enjoy you know what she likes. Like no, I, I love the fact that she still found a healthy way to like have that in her life. It's awesome. Yeah, she's she's still. She's still just kind of figuring stuff out and doing what makes her happy, and that's that's important. It's the same thing with Sasha too, with the like the patch on her jacket and the the sticker. You can tell she still likes like sword fighting and like heavy heavy music and stuff. It's not like she's given up what she likes to be less aggressive or anything. She's just found positive ways to do them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then... And and then we get to then they start talking about An and how uh, it's her. like and so after Marcy moved away, Anne and Sasha they they slowly kind of like found their own friend groups and but but they still kept touch and they all know they and then they all like and they kind of tease what her job is now and I know PC you can you can talk about that that line. Uh, which sorry, which line? Oh, like them, how they found different friend circles and. Oh yeah, I mean that's just really nice, and I like how. Um... I mean, no, I just I I really enjoy how the show is like. Yeah, your friend groups can still drift apart, but that doesn't mean you stop being friends. Yeah, it's this is uh, like honestly. That's the. This is the main reason why I love this ending so, so much because it's literally what I wanted and what I expected from everything that has happened with the show, and it's just nice to see what you expected actually happen. Like, yeah, like they aren't as. They aren't as close friends as they used to be, but they still care about each other deeply. They just have different lives now, and that's okay. Well, and like, just because something ends doesn't mean it wasn't valuable in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I also want to add that this is kind of like a slice of life kind of moment, which I really like. Because, you know, like, this is what they're doing. Like, living yeah. their lives the best way they could and we barely we don't really see that often in uh 
finales in the animation world. So I'm really glad Amphibia took that route. It's like, it's very similar to the, um, to the, uh, they lived their lives ending in uh, Adventure Time, but it actually shows us that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that's when we get, we kind of see that there's like a package for someone in the in the back scene. Yeah, I mean, okay, it says hap- it says happy birthday. Like, yeah, we know that this is going to be this is Anne's birthday celebration. Like, I like there is there is there is <clears throat> not a second of doubt there. I do yeah. have a question about that, though. Yeah, I know, like yeah. the the timelines. And... Yeah. Okay, so but... here, here, here's my thing. Late. Um. Okay. Did it say exactly ten years later? No, but they, the the news. Oh, but, the, you know the news. Yeah, the news. At the anniversary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Late birthday. Late birthday. Uh-huh. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> what? Like, I'm going for. Just don't think about it too hard. Six months <laughs> late. I mean, yeah. One day late. Just. Oh. I mean, maybe they just didn't want to like interrupt anything with their parents because uh, <laughs> they they tried that once, and we all know what that what what happened after that. <laughs> yeah, we we yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, fair point. I think yeah, we won't get an answer for that. It's that's fine, but it is a little funny. Like, hold on a second. <laughs> like, yeah, it's 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 poetically perfect, but at the same time, it's like, mm. like, and then we get we get the final the final scene where we we find we we cut to an aquarium and that's where we see Anne and her and her oh my God. her job her new job she's like herpetologist yeah her herpetologist yeah yeah herpetologist with a with a b or a p with a p with a p okay herpetologist and uh yeah she's has like she's running this own her own ex- exhibit for uh, for frog for amphibians, I guess, and we we see mostly frog stuff. And she's introducing. She yeah, she's like basically like has like a little school group with her and shows the South American tree frog, I believe. I believe so. Mm-hmm. And you know, like all the kids ask like all those questions and. And then one kid asks about the name, and then you find out she's named him Sprig, after a dear friend of his, of her. I mean, because of course. Of course. Yeah. You've also got to appreciate Sprig, Tiny Sprig's habitat is just like a model just, of the plantar home. Yeah, that was so good. And it's I mean, you can see that the entire amphibia exhibit is like... um. Is like modeled after parts of amphibia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see some of the, the Newtopian. Yeah, so uh, spots. I can see some of the Newtopian mushrooms in another shot. Um, there's there's Toad Tower above the Toad exhibit, and it even has like a little grime thing on it. There's a mother of Olms above the entrance way. 
And the Ulm place is like has that purple color scheme that uh, yeah. Proteus had. Ooh, are we uh, reanalyzing the aquarium right now? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's <sighs> just perfectly beautiful. It is. Yeah, I think it's... when I saw the episode for the first time, right? I feel like I was doing pretty well emotion, like emotion size or emotion like emotion wise, but like it's when I got to this moment, like it finally broke me when I finally understood where the show was really going. Because I feel like a part of me thought there was still like a way back, like you know, a, a door that that was still open. But uh... when I saw it, I understood. Like I, I really just it really hit me. Like that's when I really understood that this was that was it. I was a mess. I don't even lie. I was a mess. <laughs> oh man. Damn. Yeah, and uh This is beautiful though. Yeah, cha- like, this is change can be the hardest thing. They said the thing. Like I just like just the full like did you guys already say the full quote? I like Yeah, I've got it here. Like, oh I have it. Oh, you can go ahead and do it. Or I yeah. think Thumb, do you have it? I feel like you should do it. Uh, I don't have the yeah, quote yeah, on me, it. but you can can someone just post it. Yeah, I got it right here for you. Okay, so change can be difficult, but it's how we grow. It can be the hardest thing to realize you can't hold on to something forever. Sometimes you have to let it go, but of the things you let go, you'd be surprised what makes its way back to you. God, like, and you get yeah, the so good, yeah. And <laughs> Brenda song, yeah. Right. That, that, that's when the episode just broke me. We haven't even gotten to the end credits yet. Yeah, we haven't gotten the end credits yet. And like, you, you have <laughs> when Anne's giving that quote, you get that, you get the shot of like what at the right time where like Anne and where Sasha and Marcy are in that reflection, and as she like. As she like goes to like embrace them again, you you see, he you get you get to see Earthsprig there in the final shot with the end and the welcome the get lost in get lost in Amphibia sign up. It's it's heartbreak. It's like just, that's when I yeah, I, I, it's so I, perfect. I, it's, it's so well done. Like. Yeah, and I guess before we get into the credits, um, is Impact here? Because I know he wanted to give some thoughts. Like whenever you can, just join in. What would you? What would you like to share with us? Impact, are you there? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, go. I can hear you now. My mic wasn't working for something. Ah, shit. Um, um, I, I really what we wanted to just kind of talk about what the show means to me. I don't know if I can, if it's all right, I say it now or just after we're done with talking about the credits or. Um, yeah, no, I, I'll go for it. Yeah, now. you can go for it now because, like, I think the credits are going to be just like a little bit of. Uh, side stuff. I, I think you're you're a nice person to like start us off into this process. 
Okay. So one of the things I, I talked about this before when I first joined the podcast, like the reason why I had I watched the show twice, right? I watched it once on my first watch you in Disney Plus, watchy Owl House. But then I came, you know, I watched the show a second time. And, you know, it wasn't just because the show was good. It was also because, like, and the reason why I became a, a fan of the show in the first place was those themes of friendship and change. When I watched the show, I actually was in a friendship myself um, that didn't pan out too well. And it was still sad. I always feel sad that I had to stop it. But it wasn't. It had its conflicts, you know, and it's one of the reasons why I related to Anne so much as a character, someone who kind of has a lot of self-respect for themselves at the end of the story. And one of the things that kept me watching Amphibia, and I think one of the lessons it taught me so much, um, was the idea of forgiveness, right? When you got to like, when Anne didn't just see people as like bad or good. She saw the nuance in their relationship with Sasha um, and Marcy. She never had like hatred towards them or annoyance or frustration. It was always making sure that it had some compassion to it. And I think a lot of people can learn something from that. And that's a lesson I'm gonna keep for the rest of my life. You know, Amphibia is always that show for me that you know, it's been a part of my life for like eight months now. I started when like I came to the fandom when like season three started. And like that lesson of having that nuance, but still understanding the impact people leave on you and others around them is so strong to me, you know, never seeing anyone as just the good or bad guy. There's always nuance to it. And I think like Amphibia will always mean something to me. And I just want to, you know, it's crazy now that I, when I watch the show now, dude, I'm on a podcast talking about the show. That's crazy. <laughs> I never would have thought that would have happened. I was just chilling, watching the show, talking on Discord, whatever. The fact that even I get the opportunity is nuts. And I, I just love this show. And I just love its themes of change, saying that change is okay. That shit hits hard, man. I've had friendships that have come and go, you know, and I'll always miss them. And I just want to thank Matt and the crew for making such a great show. They are, everyone in that crew is a bunch of badasses and they made one of the best shows I've ever watched in my life. This shit will still keep, those, these memories of watching the show, of me analyzing it and enjoying it and the friends I've had watching the show is, this shit's always gonna stick, man. I love Amphibia. Matt and crew, thank you so much. You guys are a bunch of badasses. Keep creating. Yeah, I, I love Amphibia. And I think all of us here love it too. That's it. Thank you, Impact. Yeah, that was really well said. And yeah. I guess, do you guys want to... I, I feel like once we get into the credits, I know there's some stuff that'll kind of bleed into the stuff that we've been talking about. Like that we'll probably talk about in this final scene, like, uh, like, like, unfortunately, like the the full credits couldn't be. They could they couldn't air on TV because of the length, but 
on video on direct on streaming and also uh video on demand you'll get we'll get the extended credits and we have the shot of uh well first it starts off with a shot of Anne's statue um it, it cuts to all the weapons left by the girls at the place where they at Utopia before they left home uh we get a shot of like toad tower overgrown with uh tulips and and like i guess greenery um we get a shot of the planet farm probably before the events of all this madness but it's all great stuff yeah, and it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to tell when that shot of planter farm is yeah and then and then yeah matt also mentioned that like they got they 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 pushed and su- successfully got to credit uh, all the people who work on uh amphibia overseas in the uh i guess in certain animation studios i don't know if they're crediting people from say Cy- or uh Rough draft Korea, but they they do have there there are people working overseas like when they ship the, all these like all this material over for get for it to get like finalized and animated, and that's great. And just just bravo! So many studios do not give like proper credit to um their overseas animation. So just like bravo. Yeah, it's just like everyone cared. Everyone cared. Everyone cared everyone... so damn much. Everyone cared. Like, and then it, it really tells you like what it was like to work with Matt as a showrunner. Like when you just hear all these positive things they have to say about him and just working with the crew. Like it really tells you, like Amphibia. It's like a really special, you know, sort of like once in a lifetime show. Like it's just, yeah, and uh, really damn special. We we get that final shot of a, a new photograph taken by Anne, Marcy, and Sasha, and uh, it still has BFFs on it. That yes, photo with, is everything to me. But with it drinks. doesn't have the tear in it. It's like it's a. That's like such it's a big intact. part of the original photo is that there was a, there's a tear in it, which and that holds the symbolism with broken friendships and everything, and this is yes. this is perfectly done. And and awesome. the drinks the drinks up the top are in the order oh, of their colors in the actual photo as well. And it's just it's just, just such so a nice good. bookend because yeah. the photo is such an important part, especially in like episode one. Just oh, yeah. and taking my with that photo. It, it made me so angry that that got cut. Huh? That's so, it's that, that last that oh, yeah. last thing is so important. Yeah, just but they had time for ads. God. And then the and then the <laughs> little the little text um the little text that says uh, translated says uh. Complete end in tie. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta say, like, the the amphibia ending thing didn't really, like, I didn't really process amphibia being over until 
I saw the end credits come out and I just saw that photo. It was like, oh, they're older now. It's over. And it's just like, it's over. Oh. It's over. It's over. No, guys, also, season guys... four next week. <laughs> yeah, real. Uh, do you guys know who did that last that last image with the drugs in the photo? It looks, it reminds me of Rabbit style with the like slight blushes and stuff. I don't know who did it. Um... Well, part of me almost wishes Matt did it, but I don't know. Same. I guess we'll find out like in the future, but yeah, yeah, it's just gonna be so interesting. We're going to get so much. We're gonna learn so much more about the series as the years go on. And God, I cannot wait to see interviews with matt i have so many questions i wish i could ask him i, I think next week yeah. he's doing an interview with the cast with the uh, cartoon universe so that's going to be oh yeah, fantastic interesting yo thumb when are you getting him on here Please, um... <laughs> we'll see we'll see <laughs> um you could bribe it's okay yeah <laughs> we, we 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 know the real griffith <laughs> sorry um what? Don't worry about it. Inside joke. <laughs> but, uh... It's, d- yeah, like, just, uh... I, I, this is a good time to wrap up. Um, Alright. So, I mean, I have personal thoughts about this show, but I could talk about it for ages. So, we are gonna have to Obviously, we we can't talk about this forever as much as I want to. Yeah, I wish we could. Like, I guess I'll I'll give everyone just like maybe like three or five sentences, five three or five sentences, like final thoughts. I guess starting with uh, starting with pixels. Like anything else you wanna just say before we end today tonight's recording? Just. Thank you so much, Matt, for giving me this great show. Thank you to all of you guys in the podcast for making me feel so welcome in this community, which is very is really popular now in the animation community. And just thank you to everyone. All right, thank you, Pixels. Uh, Lemur, any last words? for tonight um yeah i just I, i'm gonna go ahead and mirror everybody what's said and like just want to say just want to say my deepest thanks to matt Brally and to the amphibia crew for making this wonderful show um this this show has been a part of my life for almost three years now and it and I don't think there's never going to be a show that has impacted my life as much as this one. I've I've experienced one hell of a story, wonderful characters, and not and most of all, I've met a very turbulent yet very amazing community filled with lots of people. And uh, yeah. Um, Again, like I also want to say thank you to everybody here in the Warwick Gazette for 
<laughs> for even allowing me to talk about the show that I love so much. And yeah, um, I just, yeah, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to Amphibia and to Matt Rowley for thank you for everything. And I hope you have a well earned rest for a very long time. Thank you, Lamer. Uh, Rook, any any last words? <laughs> I don't mean it like that. Sorry, but uh oh. When I started watching Win Twenty Nineteen, I had no idea how many friends I was gonna make, what kind of community I was gonna get in, and what kind of changes like my life put through, and the kind of fandom I was gonna enter. So I'm just gonna. St- my gratitude and appreciation for everyone involved with Amphibia and I want to thank first of all I want to thank Matt I want to thank who have always done amazing voice acting I want to thank uh, the crew everybody involved in the crew for bringing all of the show together and I want I want to thank everybody in the communities I met and the friends great friends I've made along the way and I'm just so happy that with this great finale I just want to say a big wonderful to just everybody involved and lastly I want to say thank you to Amphibia itself all right thank you Rook uh sticks any final thoughts I watched this show at a very critical time in my life and it completely changed everything about what I wanted to do with my life how I saw myself what kind of person I wanted to be and I cannot finish expressing my most sincere thanks to everybody involved in making this show and everybody involved in creating this community that has just been the biggest part of my life for in just less than a year but it's already been so incredibly meaningful to me and i'm not exactly sure what to do now that the show is over but at the same time i know exactly what to do and i am very excited Thank you, Sticks. Um, Chuck, is there any like f- final thoughts you have on this finale? Um, I guess all I have to say is like, uh, Amphibia taught me to love myself, and uh, that uh, if you that you any anything is possible, and forgiveness. And uh, what what true friendship really is. All right, thank you, Chuck. Uh, Pixels, any any final thoughts? Sorry, said myself. <laughs> you mean pickle? No, I meant pixels. Oh, all right. I already said my in the beginning. 
Oh, oh my god! <laughs> I'm so sorry! Okay. Actual factual pickle erasure. My apologies. Okay. You're so, 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 pickle. <laughs> any, any final thoughts on this episode? Um, well. I'm not gonna claim that, like, I can really sum it up so easily. I don't know. And, you know, a lot of the stuff I have to say is a lot like the rest of you guys. You know, thanks to the crew. Thanks to this community. Thanks to you, you all, everyone in this voice call particularly for engaging in conversations about interests that no one I knew in person when I first started the show would have ever cared about at all. But I guess... You know, I, I started watching Amphibia during during the pandemic when I didn't have much else to do at all. I was just sitting in my room all day with nothing else, really. And I had only really talked to one friend regularly during the pandemic. And then, you know, when I started watching Amphibia, I loved the show almost immediately. And I really connected with the characters. And then I found this incredible community and I connected with you guys. And I feel like... I'll be remembering this community just as much, if not more, than I'll be remembering this show. And I think that's what sets my love for Amphibia aside than from the rest of all the other shows I've watched. Thank you, Pickle. Uh, I'm just going down the list. Uh, I- Impact, any, any final thoughts? Um, I kind of gave them already pretty much but i i will say i love amphibia i love this show and um i love these characters Anne and sasha will always be to me characters i can always really relate to you know and i i love this show thank you matt thank you for everyone on the crew and you guys are a bunch of badasses keep on making thank you thank you impact uh, Sunsphere, any final thoughts? Oh, what a show. What a show. It's been an amazing ride. It's been an amazing time. It's been great seeing Anne grow and relating to her across her journey. It's been wonderful talking about everything. And it's been a great ending. And... How many shows can you say that about where you can say, yes, the whole journey was great? Not many. And to close it, and even in its ending, we still get left with an openness. There's no, it's this closure to some of the story, but there's hope for more. There's hope for more. And I don't mean like, oh, there's hope for more amphibia, but there's room to imagine. And I think that's beautiful. It's been a wonderful show, and it's been a wonderful time chatting about it. And it's been a blast. Thank you, Sunsfury. PC, final thoughts on this episode? Wow. Um, look, I've I've been around the block a couple times. I've been in a lot of fandoms. I've um, been around for a lot of finales, but there was there really was something special about this one and 
I mean, like everyone else said, this this came into my life at a time where it was where thing where things were hard, and I'm just I'm just glad that this show was was here when we didn't even really know we needed it, and I'm glad I was here to see it through. Thank you, PC. Uh, Nick, final thoughts on the hardest thing. Yeah, like I, I, I relate heavily to like what everyone's just been saying here. When Amphibia first started like three years ago, I, I just saw it as like another fun, comfy show just to watch and just be entertained by. But, you know, as, as I continue, you know, it, as I just continued watching it, like I, I just started realizing like the deeper messages I had to pass on that I could genuinely relate to and just think about for my life and you know yeah there was a time where like i did really reach like a really low point for myself and i and i had this show and then the community though to help me bring myself out of that and just realize you know what i really want out of my life too and so just yeah like i i related just a lot to Anne like these last few episodes and just like, I mean, I, I just agree with what you said, PC. Like, I, I don't, this has probably been like my most special experience any show I've ever seen. Like, it's just so meaningful and touching to me. Like, I, I relate to so much of it. And I just, I absolutely just love being on this three year ride. Like, it, it's like, yeah, it, it's, it's not the first time I've seen a show start and then end. But this, this one just feels so different. Like, it was, there when I really, really, really needed it. I just, I, I, I can't thank Matt and the crew enough for making such an amazing show. All right. Thank you, Nick. And yeah, I, yeah, I love, I love this finale. I, I, I love this show. And I, I I love all the people I got to got to meet along the way, and yeah, this show, yeah, this is def like this is. I've I've been in fandoms in the past, like mostly as like an observer. So like, this show kind of like changed, <laughs> changed me, and. I just, I never imagined myself like 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 the day the day Phibia aired I was like I, I was just like work I was working like in my backyard on like an inter interlock and just like a hard days of work after like I during my summer break and and then just like getting home and just like that relief after like a long day just to like watch it just to watch this show just for comfort it's like that was nice it was great and then i got more involved and want to talk about it a little bit more and all of a sudden it's like i ended up reading a lot about the show and how i went from making memes to <laughs> becoming a moderator on the subreddit like i still don't know how that happened and then i met people on the discord and then all of a sudden I'm <laughs> making a podcast and <laughs> it's wild. And I'm so grateful that 
all this happened and I guess whoever's listening, this isn't this isn't the end of the podcast, by the way. <laughs> we, uh, oh, no, we, uh, oh, we still have we still have a couple of uh, we still have a couple God. of season two episodes left. Yeah. Like everything from yeah. it's starting from where? I, I, I guess we're before, just in the moment. I, I guess scavenger yeah. hunt all the way to after the rain. Before before God. I get before I get to like the podcast talk stuff, I just, I'm super grateful for. The Amphibia crew and Matt and everyone who worked on it for making such like a wonderful show to talk about and it's, it's great and yeah, I just this was a fantastic finale and we the episodes we have left so sort of discussion about the podcast like this is if you're if you're listening to this for the first time like we. We have a couple of episodes left from the planners check-in to After the Rain. After that, I haven't really finalized what I want to do with this, but I do want... Every episode of Amphibia does deserve... deserves all the praise and love in the world, and I do intend to, like, finish what I started. So, like, last year, but... After that, like I'll, I'll finalize something and what I want to do. But until then, thanks for listening, and see you guys next time. Say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. goodbye. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye, goodbye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. See ya. <laughs>